Folks at home, folks at home, welcome to Ike Live. Uh, got a very, very special show in store for you tonight. Uh, you might notice the hat. You might notice the classic trophy. Some embellishment on it tonight. And more importantly, you might notice something else. And, and let me get it here. You might notice this destroyed, uh, I'd call it a quarter cake, uh, and it says, let me let me see if I can, ow, hot wax! <laughs> it says, Ike Live on it. Mike, what happened to that cake? I don't know what happened to the cake, but let me introduce my co-host, Pete Glusick, <laughs> sitting in my right. Pete, how you doing tonight? I'm good, I'm I good. noticed you have a hat on, too. Happy anniversary. And and why do we have why do we have this cake here? Well, I guess this is the one-year uh, celebration for Ike Live. One year. I can't believe it. Of Ike Live. How the heck? Oh, real quick, while we're here, why don't we go ahead and, and, and just take this opportunity to <laughs> to say a quick happy birthday to ourselves real quick. You want to do that? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I think it'll be good. You ready? Count of three. But but don't we, say we, three out loud. Just like look me in the eye and subliminally we're going to count the three. Are we going to sing? Happy we're going to sing. Me and you are going to sing. We're well, the host of the show. We're going right. to sing. But but remember, I'm not going to count the three. You look at me subliminally, and right. on three we'll go. Happy birthday to us. Us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear Ike Live! Happy birthday to us. You. To you. <laughs> to you. Another thing is, today is February 9th, and it's also my son's birthday. So happy birthday, uh, Vegas. Michael turns four today. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you Vegas. as well. Happy birthday, Great, great time for a double anniversary. Yeah. You want to blow the candle? You want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm having enough air I, for me. I was going to have a piece of that cake. Uh, yeah, yeah, put that thing down. <laughs> hey, listen, man, we got we got an amazing show tonight. Uh, tonight is the pre-classic special, Bassmaster Classic, right on the heels of it here. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. We're uh, two weeks away. Yep. Uh, All the competitors are frantically preparing their gear. Frantically preparing. Last minute checks and balances. Yep. Getting gear ready. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the classic. Thinking about that trophy. Thinking about that. Well, it used to be half a million. Bass keeps. <laughs> Bass keeps bringing it down. Whatever it's worth. Uh, it's exciting. This is an exciting time, and this is going to be an exciting show. Uh, real quick, let me uh, let me start the show out like we always do. Uh, and we want to pay tribute to all the men and w women in the military, uh, veterans, active military. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, guys, for what you do. Appreciate you protecting our country. It's a crazy world out there. Thank you very much. Also want to thank the firemen, the policemen, the military, everybody. Thank you, guys, man. Uh, we got some big names on the show tonight. Who do we got? Who do we got scheduled coming on tonight, Pete? Well, you know? yeah, we got, well, T.O., Tio, Tio, you mean Takahiro? Yeah, wow, Takahiro, a longtime friend of mine. Yes, traveled. Uh, boy, it, I've known Tak ever since I started fishing. 
Yes. Uh, so looking forward to having him on the show. Yeah. And then uh, and then the person that I, I'm looking forward to getting to know is Chris Lane. I don't know him very well. Loved what he did here on the Delaware River. Awesome and, uh, performance yeah, on the big day. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Classic champion at a young age, too, and uh, looking forward to learning more about Chris. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't introduce the rest of the cast here tonight. And we've got a we've got a one coming here in a little bit. Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fatty, a.k.a. Worf, is going to be here in just a little bit. But let me introduce my amazing producer, <laughs> uh Actually kept the show together for me tonight because I didn't think this was going to happen. There's a lot of turmoil. I'm going not on sure here. this is actually happening. Yeah, a lot of turmoil. Uh, <laughs> this might not be happening. Might not be happening. Hopefully it is. Is it, is it broadcasting? I think so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sitting, sitting to my left in the booth, Brian the Carpenter, aka Brian Stockel. We can barely see it. It's like a quarter of you, Brian, but that's okay. Yeah, something happened. All right, that's a lot all right. Of stuff got there, you right go. there you There's go. There's a little. That's there a little better. A little better. That's that's good. And sitting to Brian's left, sitting to my right. Very special guest uh, in the studio tonight. Very happy to have friend of us all, friend of the show, Chris Delfonso, a.k.a. Gorilla Back. Gorilla Back, baby. Come in, in the house tonight. How you doing tonight, Chris? Uh, it's great. Great to be here, Mike. Happy Man, that, thanks for coming tonight. So, let, real quick, be- before I let you get off the hook that easy, okay. I want to I say that you're here to be on the show tonight, but you brought me a special gift tonight that's going to help me. In the Bassmaster Classic. Secret Tell everybody weapon. at home real quick what you brought me tonight, because I think this is this is a cool deal. Yeah, it's a secret weapon. Gorilla back. <laughs> Brian's holding a sample up right there. There it goes, right That's there. It. So, so you actually, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, Chris is, and I'm going to talk you up a little bit, ah, you're yeah. a master uh, at tying hair jigs. I'm, ma- I'm going to put you at the master level. You're a master at tying hair jigs, and you've been tying my hair jigs for years and years and years called gorilla back hair jigs uh man what 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 the heck why do you how are those things so good what do you do to those things it's basically the um the material material synthetic material slow fall how it glides through the water get them uh cold water fish to react to it wow synthetic hair synthetic synthetic. not not bear hair or deer hair no no bucktail bucktail's too stiff it's not it doesn't give that uh that flowing glideness to it as you know when you when you're stroking that jig <laughs> so yeah stroke it baby yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good deal it's gonna be a little secret weapon for you secret that's weapons awesome. that's awesome well i appreciate that chris thank you for bringing them no uh thank, thank you for you. being part of the show uh, let's get back to it i want to i want to talk a little bit more and i want brian i want you to chime in on this this is the one-year anniversary and and you know we're proud of a lot of things uh we're we're proud that one year in we've got a great sponsor in xmark Right here above my head. Absolutely. By the way, Xmark, they do make the most amazing mowers in the whole world. I just want you to know that. I understand uh, that. Uh, if you want your grass cut beautifully and quick, that's the company right there. Uh, we've also had a tremendous list of guests. Uh, let, 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 me, let me go to this page. Bri, is this possible? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Is it possible? Okay. Let me go. <laughs> I guess it's possible. He doesn't want to talk. Uh, we've got and here and this is just an abbreviated list for you, real quick. Uh, Randy Howe, Jacob Prosnick, John Cruz, Ish Monroe, Dave Mercer, Keith Pache, Chad Morgenthaler, Keith. Uh, uh, <laughs> you did that on purpose. Did you put Keith Hackney on purpose? 
You put Keith Hackney. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Uh, Keith Hackney, who's Greg's brother, was not on the show. Uh, <laughs> We did have Greg Hackney on the show, though. Uh, Adrian Avina, Joe Shant Sancho, Jared Littner, Aaron Martins, Kevin Short, Brett Height, Gerald Swindle, Justin Lucas, Brandon Pollock, Takahiro is going to be on tonight, Fletcher Shyrock, Joe Balog, and Chris Lane on tonight. Dude! It's the who's who. That's, I'd say, an impressive list of pro anglers we've had on the show. A lot of very entertaining guests in, in that bunch, too. Man, I mean, the whole gamut, right? Different yep. ages, different mm-hmm. different backgrounds. Young guys, you know, rookies and stuff. Yeah. So got to see their... That's the coolest thing about Ike Live, I think, is you, you showcase their personalities of these guys. Because, like, we all watch them win tournaments or do good out there. And, yeah. Um, you know, or but to be able to sit and talk to them for half an hour and just uh, see what they're all about. I mean, that is really neat. And, and you get to learn stuff, like uh, the little stuff, you know, off-the-cuff stuff that you don't read about in the magazines or you don't see on a regular internet uh, mm-hmm. website. Yeah. We hear about them here. That's right. It's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And, I, I, you know, I have to tell you, too, that it's not all pro anglers here on the show. Bri, correct me if I'm wrong. This uh, is true. Uh, we had some very mainstream names on Ike Live already. Trent Cole, uh, uh, friend of the show, Philadelphia Eagle, in studio. He was here. How cool was that? Uh, Willie Young, Mm -hmm. another professional football player, on the phone. Right. Talking strategy with us, talking about the celebration. And and he did it. He did do it. He did it, Brian. He did do it. It was amazing. So real quick on Willie Young, which one, who won the bet here? Was it Brodzik or was it Pete or me? No, it was you. It was me. It was you, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I wonder if he ever bought that uh, basket with the 300 on it. I don't know. Remember he was talking about that? Yeah, I think he was going to invite us somewhere to to fish with him. Man, I'd like to be in that boat. Uh, Brian Bickle. Man, Brian Bickle, probably uh, one of the best hockey players of our time right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friend of the show. Had him right on here, talking with him. No. Amazing. Uh, ben Davis, and of course, Ed Bassmaster. By the way, uh, little tidbit, I, I know Lala, you know this already, but Ed has secured his own TV show. No way. Yes, coming on CMT. CMT, yep. Uh, probably in the summer, June or July, right, Bri? I heard June, yeah. June, okay. So everybody check out Ed. Ed, thank you for being on our first show, in fact. Uh, this is true. It's it's all come full circle. This is amazing. Congratulations, Ed. It's awesome. amazing. I, I'm, you, buddy. I'm excited. I went down that list, and, and i gotta, I got to be honest with you. Set, set my wood just going so over that list. <laughs> Slight wood. Which, which one did you get the most arousal out of? Uh, all of them. Yeah. I don't think there was – I don't think one. I don't think one lifted it more than the other. Nah. It, it, it was a universal Chuck. lifting of wood on, on those names. <laughs> all right. Uh, super proud, Ike Live, one-year-old, that's great. Uh, let me also say that this kind of falls, uh, it fell right before the show. It happened, uh, I think, right as the last show aired. For those of you that miss this show live, for those of you that do a lot of traveling, uh, you're going to work, you're going to a tournament, and you want to hear the show, Pete. Uh, a, lot, a lot of those folks out there that can't watch live, sure. it's late Monday, it's late Sunday, they've got kids in bed, they got to go to work. Uh, if you want to watch the show, and this is exciting, or if you want to listen to the show, it is now available on iTunes. Yeah, that's great. That's big. Most of the guys that I talk to all over the country that, that bring up the show to me, that's what yeah. they do. They listen to yes. it at work. They listen to it when they can, and they're going to love iTunes. Absolutely. And and it's great. It's convenient. You can listen to it in your car, uh, on your mobile device. The other thing, too, let me remind you, you can go get it for free on iTunes. Uh, it's Ike Live. And while you're there... 
Give us a review. Give us a review. Let us know what you think about the show right there on iTunes. Uh, comment on the show, good or bad. If you love it, let us know. If you think it sucks, don't let us know on that place. Let us know somewhere else. But if you think it sucks, that's okay. Uh, we, we take all opinions. Uh, but iTunes, check it out. Uh, what else is going on new, Pete? Uh, Bash University... We're probably what are we th- three or four shows in four, four in four in yeah we're, we're keep, go- keep us update on what's well, going on well we just got back from Boston we escaped before another two feet of snow dumped on the city of Boston so we all just got back and that was great we had a great show in Boston there's some of the most passionate bass fishing fans Big you'll time. ever meet. Big time. And uh, we're heading out to Columbus, Ohio, a new a new destination. Ooh. The Columbus Outdoor Show uh, out there in Columbus is a is a brand new show. Our friend uh, Dave Ho Heisel yes. is promoting that show. We're gonna, we're looking forward to going out there, and that'll be our last one on site. Uh, and that's real new. Uh, or that's what's going on there. But what's really cool, what's new right now is uh, for those that aren't able to attend the show, Bash UTV, oh, the brand new season has been Ooh. launched last week. Yes. So all new seminars that were filmed this year are going to be released one week every Thursday. And this week, this Thursday, is Bass fans' number one angler is uh, Jason Christie's wintertime. Wow. Yes, yeah, his wintertime seminar. Wow, and that, that comes this week. That'll be this the Thursday. Premieres. It'll wow. be this Thursday. Well, I, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this off camera, but... I'm going to need to watch that. that. That's like I'm going to learn a little bit from one of my main competitors out there on the water. I'm telling you right now, I mean, you know, that's going to be a great seminar. We have all of our seminar speakers sit in on each other's seminar. Yeah. You know, so if they can learn something out of the seminars, imagine what the average angler can pick up. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, but I, that Jason, and I, from what I understand, and I didn't get a chance to view it. I didn't get to see it live because I was busy at the show, and, and I didn't get to view the seminar. But those of in our group that did yeah. said it, it was an amazing seminar with some amazing information there. I, I can't wait. How, l- let everybody know real quick, too. How, how can they get to Bash University TV? Uh, you just go to thebashuniversity.com backslash TV. You can check out the previews, and you can subscribe right there on that page. That's awesome. Uh, a lot of new stuff. Some more new stuff. Uh, for those of you I know, follow me on social media. Follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You've heard me talking about the new Abu Rod. I've been, I've been posting about it almost nonstop. Uh, super excited about it. Uh, finally, finally available uh, to everybody. And in fact, it's available right now. Uh, you can go to Tackle Warehouse, uh, go through my site. You could actually go through Ike's Tackle Box, go to Tackle Warehouse, and check out all the models. 15 models. Uh, great price point, 129, 149. Lots of cool rods, brand new. Check them out. Uh, real quick shout out also to Missile Jigs, Johnny Cruz, Missile Jigs, uh, brand new, also available at Tackle Warehouse. Uh, and then finally, I want to mention, there's one other new thing. Do you know what that is? I think I might. Tell me. Is it the foundation? It is the foundation. <laughs> uh, brand new foundation. Uh, help kids get started in fishing. Really cool thing called the Ike Foundation. Uh, please check us out. Go to MikeIkenally.com backslash Ike Foundation. Check out how you could help. Really cool new foundation to help kids. Uh, man, I, I, I want to say one more thing, and then I think we're going we're gonna to get into some serious meat of the show here. Um, real quick shout out to Doug, and uh, I did a podcast with Doug. Doug's podcast is WDW Main Street. Uh, 
super amazing podcast talking about Disney World. And if you're a Walt Disney fan, if you like Walt Disney, if you want to uh, hear me talking about the fishing at Disney a little bit, check out his podcast. It's WDW Main Street. Amazing podcast. Thanks, Doug, for having me on. Uh, Brian Carpenter, what are we doing now? Do we want to make a we want to make a transition here, or what, what, what's going on back there in the booth? Oh, all, all, all kinds of horrible things, but uh, yeah, we're doing good. Stop man. that! What Stop happened, that! What happened to the cake? Well, the cake. I I, I, I got to tell you, I was really concerned that you were going to eat wear that cake right there at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm surprised it lasted. I mean, that thing. Where'd you get that cake? Is it rubber? It looked good when I brought it. <laughs> it <here>. actually <laughs> bounced off of the wall. How did that happen? I don't know. I, I think that cake's been a rubber. Oh, real quick, we forgot to use our noisemakers when we started the show. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was. Uh, <laughs> it was a birthday noisemaker. I, I don't know. Didn't really sound like a noisemaker. I, nah, I have terrible. something I want to mention. You do? Yeah. Uh, well, on, we want to hear on. it. Pete well, tight. Pete the, tight. I, the Ike Live Foundation is something that I think is way cool. Thank you. And I see a, a, I, I love the um, the philosophy behind it where you're telling everybody, inspiring everybody to take kid fishing. So we all know that I've made a New Year's resolution to lose lose some weight. Yes. And uh yes. what I, what I want to do is, you know, I'm going to I'm I'm going to sponsor myself. Yes. And I'm inviting others to do the same to donate one rod and reel for every pound that I lose. Wow. So Wow, Pete. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Right now, we owe him five rods. Why? <laughs> it works in reverse. You know, I, that's uh, we owe you five I, rods, I, Pete. I, I do need some new equipment. <laughs> we'll get some of these Ike Series rods if you're interested. <laughs> but I, I want to just invite people to follow me. I'm going to be posting on my Facebook page. It's at Pete Gluzak on Facebook. I'm going to be uh, videoing some of my workouts, some of my suffering, and uh, and we're, I'm going to invite people to to watch. And and I also want to invite. Other guys that are in my spot, you know, come on, Pete join Hulk. it, lose it with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle through it. We're gonna make some losses here. <laughs> in the process, I'm accept, accepting sponsorship for every pound that I lose <laughs> to donate a rod and reel to the uh, to the Ike Foundation. Wow, that's wow. awesome. That's awesome. Like nice, it. very nice, Pete. Very nice, very nice. Uh, no, let, let me tell everybody about that. In fact, this is uh, uh, by the way, I uh, want to introduce my wife, Becky. Uh, she's actually, I think that's her nightgown that she's in. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Is that a regular dress? It's a dress. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian, did you think that was a nightgown? It's a nightgown to me. I thought it was a nightgown. <laughs> you seriously, is that not a nightgown? No, I mean, I, I didn't mean it in a derogatory way. I mean, Negligee. I thought it was, I thought it was like lovely. a sexy nightgown. That's a dress. Okay, my lovely wife, uh, lovely wife Becky's in her sundress uh, today, and Beck, why, why don't you, do you want to stick your head in here and no. tell everybody? Uh, not really. Okay, well I'll, t- I'll tell them. Not in my nightgown. Not in your nightgown. Okay, uh, for those of you attending the Bassmaster Classic this year, if you go to the Yamaha booth at the Bassmaster Classic Expo, we're going to have an Ike Foundation donation center set up. So listen to me, if you've got old rod and reel, a reel or a rod or one or the other or a combo. And, you know, it doesn't have to be new. You know, it's generally used. You've used it a handful of times, sitting in the garage, collecting dust. If you want to help the Ike Foundation and donate that, come by the Yamaha booth, drop that thing off. We'll have a little donation center set up, and, and we're going to get some information from you. 
and you've done your part. And and that's what it's all about. It's about getting rods and reels in the hands of kids who need it. So, uh, great point. Thank you for bringing that up, Beck. I forgot all about that. That was good. By the way, while we're speaking of kids, Brian, can I get a crotch shot real quick? Of, no, don't put them things too close. No, I won't put them too close. Uh, real quick, want to want to show these jigs. Oh, I got them backwards here. I got the one backwards. Uh, I did a, a New Jersey Bass Federation youth event on Friday, and I had two amazing young men at the seminar that hand-tied these jigs for me, and they put them in these little display cases, and the one says, Going Ike. And the other one says, never give up. So thank you guys for making those jigs. Uh, they're going to live forever in the Ike Live studios. Very nice. Brian's always mad at me for bringing stuff in the studios. This is good stuff. Uh, too much. But well, how about how about that basically. banner? The banner? No, no, that, that from Friday night. Them guys made up. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, dude, that was ridiculous. That was cool. That was cool. We had, if we had a computer at work, we'd probably show it, right? But we don't. Yeah, have we would work. probably do a lot of things. But <laughs> no, no, you guys, we're, we're like in the Stone what, Age. Back what, are you guys, what are you guys talking about? I think I think I know what you're talking about. Every year you do something for the youth in this area. Is that what you guys did? This we did. Friday night? We did. We did. Uh, the New Jersey uh, Bass Nation um, has a youth initiative once a year to get kids to come out and join clubs. They've got youth clubs, youth chapters in the state of New Jersey. And it's a great event. I think we had about 50 kids come out. It was at the Bordentown Sportsman Center. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kids that have fished through the Federation for years. It's also a lot of new kids who were just starting. Uh, Brian the Carpenter is going to get a close-up here in a second of that jig. Look at this thing. Hand-tied by one of the guys. Look at that. Yeah. In a display case. Never give up. Never give up, baby. That's our motto of the show tonight with all the uh, <laughs> troubles we're having here. And you even went to go Ike on the, on the cake earlier. I did. I, you missed it. That would have that would have been the highlight clip of the, of the uh, entire show. I, I wish we were broadcasting That's that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> moving but, right along. Yeah, moving right along. But uh, th- thank you to all the kids that showed up, and thank you for those jigs, guys. It's pretty amazing. Uh what else we got here? What else we got here, Bri? Are we still uh, we ready for Chris? Are we still talking, or what do we got going? I think we're ready for Chris. Um, unfortunately. Okay, that's all right. Let me remind everybody, uh, we want to hear from you uh, at all times during the show, especially during after hours, which is going to be from 10 to 11. Uh, we want to hear from you. But if you want to get in touch with, uh, with us, please send us your questions or comments with the IM feature right next to you on the screen there. You could also hit us up on Twitter. It's Mike underscore Iconelli. Or you could uh, call, and uh, Bry's going to have a phone number up here eventually. Uh, it's a 1-800 number, and we want to hear from you. We're going to get Chris Lane on the phone here, man. This is exciting. Yeah. By the way, what year did Chris win the Classic? Do you know? No, not off the top of It was of on the head. Red River. I yeah, remember it was, it was an 08? outstanding performance. Was it 08? It might have been 08. Let's see. No, that was 2012. Yeah, jeez, that was time weird. flies. 08 was when they were at Hartwell last. I yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what's funny though? This we need to talk about this. This for a second. Why they're getting Chris on the phone? <laughs> we're sitting here next to this one, and this goes back to 2003. And mm-hmm. right now we have we have this kind of party streamer sitting on the fish <laughs> and on the globe. Looks reminiscent. It does. What, what, what you remember uh, the, the night that this happened? We went out. We celebrated. It was an amazing night. And we got back in. I don't know. Probably four or five. Five o'clock in the morning after it all went down, mm-hmm. and when we finally woke up the next morning, it was probably like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> we were so uh, so, so uh, partied out. Yeah. yeah, we looked over at that trophy, 
and it was sitting just like it was sitting now, and it was sitting on the bureau. A hotel where we were sharing a room at the time. Yeah, I think there not was, the same bed though. We had two yeah, beds at least. There was three or four of us in there. Okay, yeah, it was like a frat room, right? Yeah, it was like a fraternity yeah. house. And this is in New Orleans in 2003, on this very trophy sitting atop this beautiful trophy, the the pinnacle of the sport. What was sitting on top of it? Do you remember? Laundry, <laughs> dirty laundry sheets, screamers. I don't know what was on there. I could have swore it was a dirty pair of underwear. Yeah, we were hanging like, off the we top were like, of it. Where's the trophy? And we like had to dig through <laughs> stuff to find it. We think it's in here somewhere. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, I, I wish I had video of that. I, I, I try to remember, but it's it's ingrained in my memory. Wouldn't it have been cool if social media was around back then? It wasn't there. And, uh, that would have been neat to follow that. It would have been. Oh man, uh, we might have got. They might have taken the trophy back. We might have got in trouble. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a good thing social media didn't exist back then because I'm starting to remember some things about Ish and a cage, a chicks in a what? cage, the Yamaha girls in a cage. All right, let's not bring that up. Uh, Brian, how are we doing with Chris? That's funny. We got. We actually have Chris on the line. We, so. ha- we have Chris on the line. Yeah. Okay, joining us tonight via phone, not Skype. We have uh, we have uh, a fire a-, a fire on our Skype. Our Skype is actually flaming tonight, uh, and we're going to ask Chris about that a little later. Joining us regular phone, old school style, Mob Bell. I think he's home. We're going to ask him. I think he's in Gunnersville. Joining us live on the phone, 2012 Bassmaster Classic champion, Chris Lane. Chris Lane, everybody. Chris, are you there? Hey, how are we tonight? <laughs> Hi, Chris. How you doing? Oh, man, fantastic. Okay, are you at home? Are you in Gunnersville? Yes, yes. The reason I'm doing so good is I actually got to go out today and catch a couple of big bass on Lake Gunnersville. So ooh. It's a good day. Ooh, 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 ooh. Can you clue us in? How did you catch them? Oh, lipless crankbait, a little lucky strike jerkbait. Um, had a great time, you know. We uh, we had a great Bass Pro Shop Spring Festival this past weekend. It was fantastic. And then to come home and uh, take a little break, get on the water, man, it was exciting. That's awesome. You know, I got I got to bring this up now, uh, Chris. You live on. Uh, every, I think all our viewers know who you are. They know where you live. You live on Gunnersville. Why the hell? Like everybody lives on Guntersville. It's like the most amazing thing. It's like if if you're if you're if you know what the hell you're doing, you're gonna live on Guntersville. Uh, the lake is that amazing, and the town's amazing too, right, Chris? Oh, it is. You know, and the funny thing about it is, is I got a phone call the other day from Way Thirty One TV. Okay, they're out of Huntsville, and I got the question: Where are we gonna be at in say sixteen years? You know, and I'm thinking. Hey, you know what? It's going to be like Lake Norman, guys. You know, Lake Norman and NASCAR. If if you live on Lake Norman, you most likely might be a part of NASCAR yeah. or NASCAR driving. You know, I see Gunnersville turning into that way with bass fishing. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, gosh, there's probably a dozen pros that live on the lake. There's probably another dozen people in the industry that live on the lake. Mm-hmm. And, and i got to be honest with you, and I want to say it was back... After I won the classic, it was probably 2004, 2005. I was looking at it, you know, and I I was looking at property because it is. Think about it; it's a premier destination, Pete. It, it Big, it's right in the middle of where all the tournaments are held. That too, and it's that a, too. It's a fantastic body of water. But you know, the thing that's funny about it is, uh, it used to be Texas. 
Right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. The, the Texas used to be where all the pros were migrating from, you know, Jay Yellis and Takahiro. And yeah. A lot of the pros were all going to Texas, but uh, but it's kind of made the turn. Everybody's wanting to be at Gunnersville right now, and North Alabama's right in the heart of everything. Yeah. So it's and the fishing's amazing. Chris, yeah. what, what, you're a Florida guy. You were, you were born and raised in Florida. Um, it, are there any similarities? I mean, do, do you feel at home at Gunnersville? Do you feel like it's a different place culturally? Or, or how, how have you adjusted to moving there? You know, when, when I moved here and, and uh, made the decision to move here, the quality of life here with, uh, with the people that surround Gunnersville is just fantastic. Yeah. You know, but when it comes to the lake, when it comes to fishing, I was able to really get versatile and figure out how to throw a shaky hit, how to throw a drop shot. You know, it changes so much. You know, you've got it's got a lot of similarities and a lot of people that come to from Florida to fish a tournament on this lake, especially when there's grass, do very, very well. And that was the reason I moved to this lake and into this town was, you know, living in Florida, coming up here, fishing an event time and time again you know and i'm like golly you know if i ever had the opportunity to live somewhere like lake gunnersville man i would do it and that opportunity came up and you know we were truly blessed to live here but um you know to to verse to be able to be versatile in your fishing and you know lake gunnersville has given me that opportunity to learn so much yeah it, it's a phenomenal place and and uh if I wasn't stuck, I, I don't. I don't want to say I'm stuck, but if I wasn't in New Jersey, I'd probably be in Gunnersville. It's a great place. And the fishing. I think. I, I, I really think you'll be here before long, Mike. I, I really think you will. It, it's a great place. Well, my retirement's coming up soon. I think I've only got about five years left in me to compete. So maybe my retirement home will be on Gunnersville. Speaking of uh, sp- <laughs> speaking of that, uh, this is the cle- pre-classic special, Chris. I, I want to just. Let me flash back uh, to that classic, and I was there. I had a very mediocre event, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and I remember your performance, and, and and you know I would say it was dominating, but I'd also say my recollection. And I want you to talk about this a little bit. Is you fished the moment probably better than anyone I've ever seen in that tournament, and. I mean, you fished off the cuff, like every day. You were fishing by your instinct. You were fishing by your gut feelings, and and that has to happen when you win. Take us back to that that tournament a little bit, and and what was going through your head as you were just changing? It's, it looked like you changed like every minute. You were just fishing by the seat of your pants. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing that I can go back into that tournament that, that the listeners are listening to, hold on, Harry, as the three-year-old, <laughs> help you with, buddy. Oh, you want to get a baffy? Okay, in just a minute, all right? <laughs> I love it, I love it. Yeah, so um, back, back, to the, back to the classic. The one thing that I can tell you is both positioning. Um, boat nine, you know, and that that played a huge factor in into that decision making. Yeah. Where I was fishing um, on the first day, boat nine was able to get in there, was able to catch a decent sack of fish, and then knowing that there was with the water being down like it was, knowing that there was no way we were going to get in there. There was just like, you might get in there, but you're going to be the fourth, fifth, sixth boat, and you're just going to be scratching your head. Yeah. So, you know, 
just living that moment, like you said. Yeah. Like, living that moment, just trusting your instincts. That being my second classic, um, you know, I, actually, Littner was out here on, on Gunnersville today, and I was talking to him a little bit um, about about the classic and about the 2008 classic back on uh, – Back on Lake Hartwell, where we're going this year. Yeah. Um, that being that being my first classic. Um, nervous, man. You know, your first classic. You're nervous. You're anxious. You're, you know, you're excited. Um, crazy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you know, hey, if you win your first classic, uh, you're like your emotions are just gonna blow up, right? I mean, it just goes crazy. Yeah. So. Being being in the first classic, I mean, it was just nuts. I was just like it, just enjoying the moment of actually living the dream of fishing the classic, going into my second classic, really kind of in tune and focused on just doing what you could do to have a really good finish. And, and living the moment was a big part of that for me. It, it it was awesome, and it it came through on the coverage of it, Pete. I can tell you, I, I like I said, vividly remember. I just see it, you know, just see how you just make those decisions. It was very fluid, you know. Yep. And and you got to do that to win, you know. Well, we were we were just talking about um, Chris's Pete. Now we, we were just me and Mike were just talking about him leading up to his win in the '03 Classic, and um, I tell you, we were somewhat. Uh, desperate <laughs> uh, you know at that point you know we were scrambling to make checks scrambling to make ends meet yeah. you know figuring out how to get a sponsor and yeah. keep them yeah um you know how, how were you know prior to to, the, to this classic what was your status you you had been doing it a little while were you stable were uh did the classic make a huge change in your career how was that going into the classic for you you know, be, I'll be I'll be dead honest with you. You know, um, the first year I was starstruck. Um, just Denny Brower and Rick Klon <laughs> backing down the boat ramp, um, and I on Amistad, and I'm in the middle, and they're on the right and the left of me, and I'm going, whoa, you know, this is really happening. So I was starstruck about the moment on the first year. The second year, kind of, you know, buckled down and and made my first classic, and then the real cool, you know, third, fourth, and fifth year were just tough you know i mean just uh just really really rough situation but uh you know i had a great sponsor power bowl who who they've stuck with me from the very beginning man and and i can't say enough about those guys and they believed in me so going into the fifth year you know i i mean i started to get stable you know and then the, yeah the classic was just absolutely a blessing in disguise but it was it was kind of putting all your ducks in a place, you know, before the big one happened. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, it was just nuts. I mean, yeah, struggling for a check, making four or five checks a year, and working your butt off to make ends meet, coming home, cutting trees, mowing yards, you know, doing doing guide trips, whatever it was, just to make money. You know, mm. poor kids. You know, <laughs> yeah, takes yeah. a lot to feed them. Yeah, and, and it, it you know I've I've been asked it before, Chris. You know, people ask how did how did the classic win change your life? Did your life change? And I always say, absolutely, it did. Uh, you know, it for me, it it actually like pumped my attitude, my my business model, everything in the in the fast forward in the gear. Uh, and and it seems like you know I've seen a lot of classic anglers over the years win the event and not 
take it and and ride with it and run with the momentum. You know what I mean? Um, but I think you did an excellent job, Chris. You really took it and you ran with it. You know, you 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 knew that that was an important year, and, and you took it and you ran with it. Has that really has that helped? You, do you look back on it and are you glad that you did all that stuff during the year that you were the classic champion? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you get that question a lot. And uh, I'm going to go a little old school on you here. In 2003, when some crazy guy won the Bassmaster Classic, <laughs> to see what has happened, to see the progression of, of the business model of doing what you did for the sport, Mike, and, and getting so many people involved in the business model, you know, yeah, I mean, you've got to take it. Yeah. You've got to run with it because it's it's an open door. Yeah. It's double doors that open wide open and, you know, just take it and run with it as far as you can. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's one of those things that you have to, um, you know, they say the classic's worth a million dollars. And I'm going to tell you what, if you do it, you know, and you know, back when back when we won, it was worth a million dollars. You know, five hundred thousand in prize money. Take it, run with it, and you put you put the right opportunities and let the doors open. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it is worth that much. Yeah. It's amazing. It's it's a life changing event. Speaking of life changing events, let, let's switch topics here a little bit. Uh, and and uh, I want to talk to you about. The Delaware, uh, it's another thing we talked about before we came live tonight. Uh, very impressive, Chris. You, I mean, you had that, – that's a super strong uh, finish. Uh, and I can't tell you, you know, we're still pretty much tied into the local scene here in Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, Delaware. And people were blown away uh, at your performance on the Big D. Talk to us a little bit about it. How, how was your experience there? What did you think about the river? Well, the experience was awesome. Um, once I realized that, now for me, you know, the only way I could catch a fish was on low tide. I yeah. mean, that was just the bottom line for me. I looked at the tide chart and I knew that I had to fish as hard as I could. And as, you know, for that one hour, two hour window, three hour window, short for the very first part of the day. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I'm, you know, chasing down Mike Iaconelli, you know, who lived there, who, who cut his teeth there. Mike, you don't know this, but we actually, me and my brother and a couple other guys were hanging out that night, and we celebrated because we, you know, we were celebrating for Mike, but we were really celebrating because we felt like we, you know, won the tournament, but even though you won it, we figured, you know, we knew Mike was going to win that thing. I mean, <laughs> where you cut your teeth. But we were so happy to, to finish second there, you know. Yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. You know, that's, you know, you take, I, I'm, I'm real big on the positive side of things. I like to take the negative out. And when you take the negative out of the Delaware River and you put a low tide, you put grass, you put the year that we were there, you can catch fish. Oh, yeah. You know, you can catch fish and, and, and catch a lot of them. You know, well, I say a lot of them, but you can catch some nice ones and uh, and have a really good time out there if, if, if you focus on, you know, what what you're dealing with. You're dealing with 
put five fish in the boat and see where you end up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's refreshing to hear that, Pete, because we've heard before, during, and after so many uh, <laughs> negative, uh, you know, uh, takes on the river. Uh, you know, from it's a shithole to the traffic to the people suck to it's refreshing to hear that, isn't it? I mean, it's well, it's great. And the negative, the negative people probably didn't finish second place in that tournament. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure they did. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Well, I tell you what, the fans in Philadelphia, and I and I think everybody, you know, or most people would absolutely say, you know what, it was fantastic. You know. It uh, the fans the fans were really awesome the excitement you know it's just uh, it's a completely different realm than what you know the the bass fishermen were used to and then to actually see it you know I, I think a lot of them you know I'm speaking for myself that you know man hey I can't wait to get back to Delaware. Was there, by the way, real quick, was there a key bait for you, Chris, for that event? Was there one, one or two baits that really dominated for you? Yeah, for me, it was a, a drop shot and then a, and a frog. You know, I uh, I threw a frog as fast and as long as I could throw it. And when it was low tide and the grass was showing, and then as it started to come up and the grass disappeared, I picked up the drop shot. I caught two key fish, you know, in. in it's kind of crazy. I caught two key, key fish, two, I want to say, three and a half to four pounders. Giant. Um, That's a giant then, for the river. Yeah, yeah. On the incoming tide, on the incoming tide, I was like, you know, wow. you know it's one of those deals where you're fishing the moment, you pitch the drop shot out there off a point of a grass, and you catch a, you catch a four pounder. And the tide's coming in, and next thing you know, you're fixing to be seven feet higher than normal. Yeah. And I saw one little other piece of patch of grass, and I pitched it over there, and I caught the other big one. So those two, what? you know, I, I don't even want to say that I called that day. I, I want to say that I caught five fish. So, yeah. you know, that was one of those fish-in-the-moment type opportunities. Wow. Chris, it's, it's Brian. What, what were you drop-shotting? Oh man! Now there's the ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we need a drum roll, Brian. Do we have a sound effect? Yeah. Come on, out with it. Okay. <laughs> out with it. Out with yeah, it, Chris. It, it was. Yeah, I like it. I it. <laughs> really, it was really fun. Really enjoyable to fish the uh, the Delaware River, but but ultimately, as as so many of us, you know, faced. I mean. It was a challenge, yeah. but man, you know what? What do you think? Everything's just going to be handed to you in life. What takes some challenges? I like, <laughs> I, hear you. I like it. That's right. I like that attitude. I like that attitude. Let's uh, let's jump back. This is the pre-classic show, Chris, and uh, let let's jump and talk about. You mentioned uh, 2008 Lake Hartwell was your first classic ever. Uh, and now you're going back. Uh, here, here you are years later. You've won a classic. You're established. Let, I want to hear some of your predictions for this classic. You know, what you think this is going to be a good tournament? What, what about the weather? What, what are your predictions for this year at Hartwell? Yeah, well, weather, weather is going to play, um, I don't want to say a major factor like it would in, in say, Gunnersville, like we had here last year, or... Or in some other shallower lakes. I mean, that's a very that that lake's very deep. It's got a lot of submerged timber. Um, you know, 
guys are going to pretty much be able to catch them how they want. Yeah. Prediction-wise, weather weather's going to play a little bit of a factor, but not a major factor. You know, I think um, I think I think the decision to to fish largemouth, smallmouth, or not smallmouth, but largemouth and spotted bass. Um, and or to fish both. Do you key on one? Right. Do you key on both? Or do you do you key on one or the other? So, I think that's going to be a big decision. Um, going going into this classic, I, I will say that very much different attitude, completely different attitude. Um, going balls to the walls, going to give it everything we got, and not not you know excited to be there, but. You know, in 2008, you know, that was my dream. That was yeah. a dream come true just to be there. You know, this year's, you know, I'm really blessed to be there, but really excited about about getting out there and uh, seeing if we can't have a little revenge on it. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I, I'm actually in the same boat. I think weather is going to be a big factor, and I think the spots uh, are going to be a big factor, yeah. Pete. I saw I, Chris mentioned that too. Yeah. I mean, spots weren't that big a factor. They, they weren't. Before, you saw were some they? big ones weighed in in '08, but I think since then, I think the mm-hmm. population's really grown up. Mm-hmm. I think there are more three and four pounders in there now, which are the kind of fish you're going to need. Right. So you know, certainly they they could play a part. You know. That'll be interesting. Do you think, Mike? Let me ask you a question. Do you? And I don't mean to turn the tables. I know I'm the guest, but <laughs> now we love questions. Back at you. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the multi-million dollar question is: Can it be won on spotted bass? Yeah, it, it's hard. I, I can tell you this historically. I would say no. Historically, the only places you see tournaments won with spots, right, are like Coosa River or like those, you know, places where they just are massive and in big numbers. I, For me, I don't think it's going to be won exclusively on spots. But I think a guy could win with three or four spots in his bag every day with a, with a big, large mouth mixed in there. That's my feeling on yeah. it, you know. And, yep. and yep. you know, and I... Then- yeah, and and we've seen that. You know, if you look at uh, Ayler, uh, won an FLW there a few years back, uh, a, a little later in, in March. Same thing. If you look at his bag every day, two or three of those great big fat three three and a half pound spots, and then one or two of those four four and a half pound largemouth. That's a magic formula. Hmm. It really is. Yeah, that that's the formula that if somebody can put that together, I think that that they could they could. Uh end up winning, have an opportunity to win it. That's awesome. Uh, Chris, we're going to turn it uh, real quick. We're going to go to the IMs, and uh, what do we got back there? Brian, Chris, do we have some questions for Chris coming through uh, instant messaging? Pretty Ricky. Uh, when fishing other systems, do you find yourself fishing Florida techniques, or is it essential for you to adapt and use techniques you're not familiar with? Wow. Well, yeah, that's a really good question, and I appreciate that one because that is one that if you were to ask me five years ago, I would lean back to my Florida techniques. You know, fishing against the best in the world, you have to adapt a lot sooner than you would, you know, if you were just starting out. Yeah. That that was a great question. That was amazing. Chris, what else we got back there? Uh, We got another question here from Philly Bass. How many pounds do you think it's going to take to win the Classic? Ooh. I'm going to pick the number at 55.6. Wow. Hold on. Let me let me I'm going to write that down here. 
Fifty-five points. <laughs> that that's a that's a pretty uh, to t- to the ounce prediction, Pete. Uh, it's pretty close. Yeah. Well, Mike, you know, I mean, when you're when you're gonna throw a number out there, you might as well. Throw it <laughs> out there. That, what what's your thoughts, Mike? Uh, you know, I I'm I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go just a hair bit higher. I, I think uh, I think the guy that wins is gonna figure something out a little off the wall. Uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go with fifty-seven pounds. Ten ounces, fifty-seven ten. Let me mark that down too. Let's do. Let's do this, Chris. Whoever comes closer, we've marked them down: fifty-five six and fifty-seven ten. Let's let's just do a nice little gentleman's handshake for a cold beer. What do you think? Whoever wins, whoever's closer. Yeah. You in? Yep, I'm in. Okay, beer Absolutely. choice. What's your beer choice? Yep. No. Cold. Oh, eh. cold. <laughs> That's a good, I like cold beer. Free. Free. There you go. Cold. Free. And cold. Free and cold. Yeah. And lots. Lots. Yeah. Lots. Chris, we have one more I am question. Yeah, we got one more here. Uh winning lure for the classic. Oh. Was it a football head last time? It was. It was. Oh yeah. Last time it was. It was. Um I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shake it up a little bit and I'm 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 just gonna throw it out there. Lucky strike crankbait, the new flat side. You know, I'm going to go with it because it hadn't been that cold down here. Ooh, Ooh that's a good guess, Pete. Mm. Let me ask you while you're here, too, if you had to guess. Well, you know, I, I, these cold water classics, man, I, I've, I've, I've been waiting for stuff like hair jigs or uh, blade baits or something like that to play. But like like uh, Chris just said, it hadn't been that cold down here. And i, I got to be honest, all these, every one of these cold tournaments, every single one of them is one on a jig, it seems. So I think that jig is going to continue to be a dominant factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You I'm, think they've not seen it enough, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> seen 10 million of them down well, there. You know they've seen it a lot. I know they have, but it, I think it might be that guy that finds that isolated, you know, timber line. Or Could be. Something unusual, you know. I don't know. It's got. It, I'd be... Uh, I'd be surprised if the jig doesn't I'm, play a factor, I'm, but I've been wrong before, Chris. I'm going to mix it up, and let me let me jump in here and, and give my own prediction. I'm going to go ahead and guess with Bassmaster Classic this year, I'm going to say super deep timber, 40 to 60 foot, Carolina rigged Zara Spook. <laughs> Right. Think now, about it. I was, I was, I was, I was with you, Mike. I was with you on that, and I'm thinking, okay, somebody can find that. But then you threw the Zora spook on it, and I'm thinking, not. That's, that's low, low percentage. That's, that's low percentage. Uh, by the way, joining us right now, uh, want to let everybody know, Dave Brodzik joining us right. on the couch. How you doing tonight, Dave? Okay, thank you for that's okay. I know I know you had stuff going on. So thanks for joining us, uh, Chris. Real quick, uh, we're, we're gonna. I want you to uh, let everybody know we've got. Um, by the way, if you didn't know this, Chris, our live web show is the best live web show in the world right now. And I think <laughs> Brian, correct me if I'm not. Do we have like 5.7 million? viewers live right now on <laughs> yeah, the show? Yeah, yes, we do. At least. Yes, we uh, do. So you've got a lot of people out there right now. Tell them, how can they get a hold of you, Chris? How can they find you? How can they follow your career? Tell your fans how they can find you out there. Oh, they can find us on Twitter. They can find us on Facebook. They can find us on chrislanefishing.com. 
They can find us, you know. I'd throw my cell phone number out there, but I can't remember it right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. And uh, and here's how we're going to end this conversation with you, Chris. It's a great part of the show, great part of the interview, and we've got what we call the Ike Live Rapid Fire Questions. And uh, you got to say whatever comes to your head, you got to answer it. And here they go. First question. Lake Gunnersville or Lake Okeechobee? Gunnersville. Ooh. Second question. Who would dominate the family derby? And by the way, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, Chris has two amazing brothers that are great anglers too. Who's going to win the family derby out of you three guys? My dad. Oh, yeah. the dad. Pull the dad card. I like it. Oh, yeah. Third yeah, question. Yeah. I- True or false? Is Bobby a bully from the back of the boat when fishing for spawners? <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> Rapid fire. You, you worded yep. that a little wrong, Mike. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yep. is. I worded it wrong, but he is a bully. Uh, <laughs> question number four. Is it true the fire you had in your boat a few years back was started by Ish Monroe? <laughs> That's a yes. Yeah. Silence is inviting. I don't know. Maybe you should ask Keith. Wow. I think that's awesome because I think that was the first non-answer we've had in this this segment since we started. That's my favorite answer. Uh, And question number five. Drum roll, please. Thank you. That stinks, but thank you. Is it true? You were fearing for your life during the Delaware River Tournament. <laughs> That's who came up with that one. <laughs> it's not even funny. No. No, and that's probably why I did so good, because I enjoyed myself <laughs> up there. I, I'll be honest with you, I had a good time. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome, because like I said, we know for a fact that probably, what, what did we come up with? I think we calculated 35 of the 100 anglers either had a gun or a switchblade or a bazooka <laughs> or something on the boat with them, so that's awesome. Hey, the, Mike, Mike, with that question said, I will say, if I had won that tournament... Then I'd have probably had a different <laughs> That's true. That you, may have been true. You yeah. might have been in jeopardy. That may have been true. Hey, hey Chris, the last question. What was that drop shot bait on the Delaware? <laughs> oh, man. We are going back to the question. <laughs> dessert, dessert, dessert. <laughs> by Lucky Strike. You'll see him at the Classic. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal drop shot bait. We're excited about it. There it is. Awesome. There it is. Yeah, uh, not like somebody's going to go back and say, uh-huh, yeah, I know what you were throwing. I saw it. You know, so you media, you know, hey, you know what, they know what I was throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Chris Lane, everybody, Chris, we're going to see you in about a week at the Classic. Wish you the best. I'll see you down there. Chris Lane, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Wow. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, guys, and uh, look forward to seeing you down there, Mike, and uh, if I see you at Thor's Spook, I'll see you at um, I, I might just have to say, how big a weight you got on that? Are we going 50 <laughs> or 60 foot? You never know. Might happen. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, Thanks, guys. All right. Good night. Thanks. Uh, Man, that was awesome. Yeah. Dave, you, you you came in just in time for the last two minutes of that interview. The best part. It was <laughs> the best part. It, it was actually a really interesting interview. We... Uh, well, we talked about everything. We talked about his win on the on the Red River. I listened to it on the way down. You did. Uh, cool. Dialed up on the way down. Yeah. Okay. Talked about the Delaware. Yeah. Interesting fact. He caught his two biggest fish on the last day on an incoming tide. 
On a drop yeah, shot. On a drop shot. That's what a, crazy. What a, what a wild adjustment on wow. the monster incoming tide. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It's fun to listen to Chris. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bobby, and Chris. I mean, they're they're so similar. Just listening to them talk is is fun. I spent a lot more time around Bobby, and they're just a, a good bunch of guys, you know. They are a good group of guys who travel with each other. I stayed in the crappy Cat Motel next to them. Oh, the Potomac. Potomac. Yeah. Potomac River. Cat Motel. Yeah. Those guys were in there. Wow. Yeah, they're out there until 9 o'clock at night tying up yeah. the dates and getting yeah. bit by the bugs. And, uh, yeah. they're all good it's dudes. awesome. And that's the one thing I wish we would have talked about uh, is that family aspect. You know, mm-hmm. we, we touched on a little bit. But they come from a fishing family. Like, it's, you know, it it's literally was a way of life for them yeah. growing up in Florida. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's Bobby. It's Arnie. It's Chris. And, gosh, I mean, they've, they've been fishing with their dad. Since they were that big, that's a cool. That's a cool thing. That's a cool part of the story. Yeah, that's how we all got started. The uh, I was just talking. We were uh, we had J T Kenny up at uh, the Bass University up there at, uh, at Boston, and I was talking to him about the Lane Brothers because he he's real friendly with Bobby. I uh, spent a lot of time following them. But they have they've got a little family cabin, you know, on the on Toho, and uh, they spent a lot of time. He was telling me a story one time where. There was uh, Bobby was uh, trying to kill a roach at that cabin. A cockroach. A cockroach that was running through his uh, his uh, the silverware drawer, <laughs> and he goes to he see he saw it and he goes to slam it down and he slams right down on a on a knife. Oh. One of the kitchen kind of kitchen knives and it went into his hand or through his hand. But what they did was they they grabbed some uh, some braided line, stitched him up. He I don't he. JT said he never went to the hospital. He just he just kept fishing. Wow! <laughs> uh, and what he didn't mention in that story is, by the way, that braid was sixty pound spider wire. <laughs> That's tough stuff, man. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy plug for spider. Cra- wire. Crazy, <laughs> crazy story, but but a lot of fun to be around those guys. It really is. That's awesome. Cool, cool fishing family. Uh, Dave, by the way, I, I want to talk to you a little bit. I see you came in tonight with uh, with uh, Brian DeCarpenter. Carpenter. Uh, Get get a close up here of the ca- oh he's on the phone. You came in here tonight with a very interesting T shirt on there. Tell us a little bit about that shirt. What, what what do you know about that shirt? Well, I know a lot about that shirt. Well, tell me about twenty five years worth of this shirt. Wow, greatest Machine live head. metal band ever, Machine Head. <laughs> Machine Head, Machine Head. And where'd that shirt come from? Machine Something happened just a week yeah, or so just ago. Recently, me, you, uh, John, and Brian went to see Machine Head at Underground Arts in uh, beautiful downtown Philadelphia. Dude, that's a it was an awesome place, dude. It's this old gnarly factory with like these giant four foot pillar like uh, footing beams in the basement, and they have a whole concert venue set up down there. It fits about I don't know, maybe about two three hundred people. It dude, wow. it, it literally felt like didn't it feel like you're in somebody's basement? It did. It, it reminded me of like a. Uh, the old Beach Street movie, you yeah, know, where they yeah. like went into an abandoned row house. You yeah. know what I mean? You walk in there and it's like and, that's what it felt like. Well, it was, what was cool is there was no like there was no feeling of any authority being around you, like yeah. bouncers, security, or yeah. anything. And I'm looking at these giant pillars that are spaced pretty close together as they hold up the whole building. And I'm thinking, all right, they're never going to let a mosh pit form here. <laughs> I imagine there's more security. They're moshing right around the big pillars. People are yeah. smashing in them. Like it, was, it was pretty wild. Dude. It, was it was cool. A pretty untamed scene, man. Did, did, pretty amazing. Did you guys get involved in the uh, mosh pit? I know you have a tendency nah. to, to <laughs> have a the tendency. first Machine Head concert we all actually watched. Yeah, come on. Seen them since '95. Really? This is the wow. first one that we did not get in the yeah. pit for. And in fact, I think the last time we were in the pit at Machine Head, 
we all came out with like injuries, and that's the sign when you're getting old. You know what I mean? In yes. your twenties, yeah. dude, you come out and you're unscathed, dude. You mm. you get hit by the biggest guy, it's like you just bounce. Thirties, like you start to feel a little, you, you you know, a couple bruises you'll see. But dude, the last time we're in there, like my my foot hurt for like a year. But <laughs> McGraw was like was doing like the drag leg out of there. Yeah, Sully looked like he fell off a skateboard. Or something. He yeah. was bagged up. Dude, he was bad. I mean, we're all back, and at that point, we're in our forties. Yeah. So we're getting old, Pete. Yeah. We're getting old. We're getting old. Yeah. We're getting old. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you that it's an interesting fact, Bri. You'd like to hear this too. We made some posts that night from the concert. You know, just hanging out. Some of the video from how close we were. And amazing how many anglers, how many bass fishermen, how many fish heads are also machine head fans. Is that right? There is a lot of metal bass fishing heads out there. That's pretty awesome because it doesn't it doesn't go together. You well, know what I mean? What, like you what, don't think about you that. You made a sign. No, no, we didn't make a sign. We just we made, made a post. Sign. Oh. A peace sign. <laughs> yeah, you made a, a billboard and put it on the bridge. <laughs> Pete, this isn't Woodstock now. You were at the original Woodstock concert, and they made signs back then. We knew how to do it back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old days when you made signs. You, you know what I mean? we got to bring Pete to the next one. Uh, oh, we should. The hate breed's coming around soon. Oh, oh. So, so we have a caller on the line. We have a caller. We have a very, very special caller on the line. A special caller. What Does if I ha- said we have the 1998 Bassmaster Classic champion on the line? What would you say? I'd say I don't believe you. With all the problems we have, I would say I don't believe you. And and you're a horrible producer, so I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who's 98. Well. Pete, you know everybody. <laughs> Dave. Pete. The, uh, I, don't, I don't want to wreck it. I know who it is. I got inside baseball knowledge, so no. I don't want to wreck it. Ah, uh, okay. Baseball. Chris? Chris knows. I know who it is. 1998. Come on. Is it, it Well, who is it? Height? FLW AOI, 1998. Ellis? <laughs> Hibden? Keep we going. All, keep going. One more. We all come, put a come coffee on. can come in on, the man. living room. Come on. Yeah. What body of water is it? Look, uh, he's like the Don Shula of bass fishing. Dude. <laughs> we, uh, we actually have his picture up. I think it's in the back. Uh, can, you, can we you get know his now who it is? I know who it is. Can we get his picture? No, we can't. I don't, it's, it's hanging back there somewhere. <laughs> we got. We got to go back to Pete hanging up signs and billboards. I know. Well, no, I'm just saying we have a picture in the back. Well, he's on the damn phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, su- surprise us. Who is it? Joining us live via phone, the 1998. Bassmaster Classic Champion, Mr. Denny Brower. Hey. Den- you boys are not right. <laughs> <laughs> Denny, I try, I tried to give him so many hints. We have your, we actually have one of your cards, believe it or not, hanging oh, up in the back. Oh man! Uh, how are you tonight? This is, this is a surprise. I got to tell you, Denny, real quick. I, I got to tell you, this is the best thing for me that's ever happened. This is the one-year anniversary of our show. Uh, this is it. I actually feel like a kid in a candy store right now. I, I can't believe oh, it. Easy now. Don't get cared. Don't go slobbery on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How you doing, Denny? I am doing wonderful. I am not butt deep in snow like some of you people out uh, there. Wow! It's eighty degrees in Del Rio, so life is good. That's not fair. <laughs> that's 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 not wow. fair. You don't get snow in Del Rio. 
no snow in Delhi. There's a reason I'm here. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, th- this is an amazing moment, and I I want to I, I I'm gonna keep talking you up just a little bit. Um, I want to tell you that, and this this is this is actually an emotional moment for me, Pete, because when I was a kid, and I think I told you this, Denny, off camera a lot of times, but when I was a kid growing up, one of my big inspirations, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this professionally, uh, was 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 Denny. Uh, so this is a huge wow. moment for me to have you on the show. Man, I can't believe it. I think I, I think I think a lot of kids feel that way about Denny. Denny had a huge impact. He was one of the first. I mean, one of those. You know, he was the power fisherman, the flipping guy that you know that everybody admired. You know, when uh, when we all were growing up, it is pretty awesome to have you on the show, yeah, Danny. Now, you, now you're really making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny, get out the bib because here comes some more slobber. So here's another. <laughs> so when, when, bib. When, when Mike, uh, when Mike, uh, Brian, the producer, and I were young in our early twenties, our peers were out at the bars. They were picking up women. We were at a VFW. Pitching jigs into coffee mugs, having a tournament, uh, uh, you know, pitching jigs into a coffee mug. We read an article that you had wrote, probably about, I don't know, what do you think, about 25, 26 years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. How you used to practice pitching jigs in coffee mugs. Yeah. You you oh, yeah, spawned a nation of young guys pitching in coffee coffee mugs. Yeah, we'd have competitions. Yeah, think all the damage I created. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the the classic special, pre-classic special. So l- let me ask you. I mean, uh, you've you've won it all. You've won every event there is. What did the classic win to you? Well, that that win. What did it do for you? What did it do for your career? And, and how did it change your life when it happened? The classic uh, was kind of like the albatross around my neck. It was uh, one thing in my career that, uh, you know, just kept eluding me. I had, uh, I don't know, a few seconds and events that uh, if they had just, you know, went a little more right, everything would have been good and I'd have got that monkey off my back. But it just seemed like every classic, you almost got to where you, you dreaded it because you're going to get the same old question, is this the year you're going to finally win the thing? So... When I did finally win it, it was, uh, you know, just like my career was kind of complete because it was that it's the the best gem, I guess, in our industry uh, if you look at the total package that comes with it. And I don't think a career is complete unless you do win it. So, And uh, you recognize the value of it. You've been there and you've done that. But people that have not. It it uh, it can really saddle you with a, a a little empty spot in your career until you really do. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. It's it's a life changing event, and uh, and like you said, I, I think the interesting thing is things have to really line up. You know, it, it's you you can come close, you you can get you know centimeters away from the wind, but to actually win, things got to line up. The thing I remember vividly, Denny, I want you to talk about a little bit is in your win. Everybody expected you to be pitching docks with a jig. Everybody expected you to, to, to fish that pattern. And you actually fished a tube in that event, and you, you pinpointed a stretch of bank and made some key decisions, and there were some key moments. Bring us back to that classic. Why did you pick a tube? What made you stay on that stretch up the river? T- tell us a little bit about what happened when you won that event. Well, back then we had a, a practice period like a month before the event. 
and when I went there for the practice period, the fish were really eating the jig good, and I pinpointed several different stretches of docks, and key docks in particular, that I really felt would hold the fish that I needed, and uh, and then I'd also found that little stretch of bank up there that I'd had a few bites on, and on the other side of the river, uh, Chad was fishing the same uh, classic that year, and he actually had more bites, and uh we went back for the actual tournament he could not get bit on the other side of the river and it was like all his fish swam over to my side <laughs> yet uh i'd made a pass down in practice and had zero bites and i was about halfway through the stretch flipping a jig and i thought man i need to try something different and that was back when we just started experimenting with flipping tubes and so i picked a tube up the first tree i came to i got bit and shook that fish off and turned the boat around and went back to a tree that I just thoroughly fished and on the first flip got bit again. So it was really a real preference that the fish had over you know, what bait they wanted. And I imagine it was because there were so many shad that moved up into the area. The pressure waves of the two probably uh, emulated the shad a little bit more than a crawfish. That's awesome, and now yeah, and, and you're right. That was at a time when the the tube wasn't wasn't a big deal, especially flipping. Up to that point, it'd been uh, a thin walled smallmouth tube, gets it style tube, and and, uh, and that was really that wind kind of propelled the flipping tube in the spotlight. Everybody was flipping the yeah, tube after that. What, what it really did was illustrate the we- the weaknesses of the bait for that technique because, like you said, it was thin walled. It really wasn't long enough for a flipping hook. You really had a force to get a halfway decent sized hook in it, and it'd slide down your your hook, and it was just a hassle to actually flip or pitch with. So after that uh, classic win, we sat down and we designed a tube strictly for flipping with striking, and, and that really started that game. That, that's that, awesome. That's right. You came out with a solid head on that tube yeah. that you designed. I remember that. that. Solid head. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Now I want to I want to bring something up. I think it's it's timely, uh, especially with uh, with everything that's going on in the sport right now, especially with this latest uh, Ish Monroe incident. Uh, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna go way back, Denny. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I was a co angler at a, a 1993 <laughs> a Bass Top 150. Uh, it was the first event I have ever, ever fished ever from the back of the boat. It was an amazing experience, but I, I had never even been in a bass boat up to that point, Pete. And uh, the first day at the meeting, I draw out, and they announce my name, and they say, uh, Mike Iconelli, New Jersey, uh, Tommy Biffle, Oklahoma, boat number 70-whatever. Oh <laughs> uh, and so I'm stoked because Tommy's another one like, you know, man, this is going to be an amazing day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back. I'm going to learn so much. And um, I remember, you know, meeting him at the ramp, getting in his boat. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, uh, I'm, but you know, but I'm, I'm just ready to have an amazing day. I'm, re- I know I'm going to see some incredible things. I'm going to learn a lot. And he said, you know, we're going to be flipping as soon as that sun gets high. We're going to be flipping docks. And I'm like, this is great. But the first hour, I want to go and fish some riprap uh, with a topwater to see if we can get a couple extra fish in the morning. And we went faster than I've ever went in a boat, 60, 70 mile an hour. We probably went about 10 miles to this this riprap causeway, long stretch. And he wanted to start right there at the mouth of it and, and where the where the cut through was. And there was a boat there. And so I see him going there, and then he kind of did this weird turn, and he went all the way to the other end of the bridge, which probably not quite a quarter mile, but we started at the foot of the causeway. And... 
I didn't even pick I didn't even pick up my rod yet. And I and I'd look up and that boat that was out there in the corner of that causeway is coming straight at us on pad <laughs> and sets down on pad. Denny, do you remember who that guy was? <laughs> I, I have no clue. It was you! It was you! And it was the most amazing thing, because think about this. I had never been in a, a major tournament. I had never been in a bass boat. And here are two of my heroes bickering at each other. <laughs> and I, I won't repeat anything that happened. You, you didn't enter his boat. There were no fisticuffs. But let me tell you, Denny. You chased him out of there, man. We, I don't even think we made a cast, and and, uh, and and we left. But that was that was my first experience in a bass tournament. Yeah, all about the power of intimidation. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. So to talk to me a little bit off the cuff now. You've got no pressures to say anything right or wrong. You know, you're not fishing bass events anymore. I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, we, we had Ish and Keith on the show last show, and, and you know, I, I don't think what they did was right. I think there were things that went wrong there that shouldn't have happened. But this is stuff that happens all the time. I mean, clearly, these kind of altercations have happened before your time, during your time, now. I mean, how do you feel about that, Denny? Is that part of the sport? or? Well, you hope it's not part of the sport, but it's part of emotion. And, you know, everybody's a competitor, and in the heat of the moment, bad decisions happen. Yeah. And, you know, if both guys had it to over again, I'm sure they would wish the incident did not happen. But you got to have that intensity. you got to have that drive to be successful. you got to, you know, give it your all. Uh, you can't you can't play the game halfway, but you got to know when not to cross that line, and you got to be able to control them emotions. And once in a while, I don't care what sport it is, emotions get out of control, and people... Yeah. You know, make bad decisions, have bad judgment, and that certainly was the case there. And uh, you know, both guys, I'm sure, uh, hate it, and uh, it's, uh, it's not something our sport needs. Put it that way. We like to try to think of fishing as a little bit more uh, squeaky clean than some of the other sports. But the bottom line is, uh, there's a lot of emotion out there, and uh, everybody's trying to win, fishing against the clock, and. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of them fluke deals. I, you know, I don't know the total story, so I'm not going to judge who was right and who was wrong. But uh, you just you try to avoid confrontation. It certainly makes the day go a lot smoother. That's true. It's true, and it's interesting because it happens in other sports. But but you're right. I think fishing is it, it, it should be at a, a little bit different standard. I mean, gosh, it's Super Bowl last week. <laughs> I mean, the game's over and they get in the fisticuffs at the at the goal line. I haven't right. heard anything about that. You know what I mean? It's like. It's normal in that sport. Uh, yeah, and I think that's part of it. They expect it in these sports because it does happen so often, and then when it does happen in our sport, since it's a rarity, it really gets highlighted. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. They should have hung them both, you know, just bring them <laughs> up and hang them. Get it over with. Absolutely, absolutely. Just, just, just let's put it behind us and hang them. Did you ever, did you ever have any experiences like that back in the day when you were getting started? Was there any ever, ever any fights that happened out there that you witnessed or saw? No, I don't ever remember anything quite like that. I'm sure there's some situations that took place, and 
I know there were uh, some fights after weigh-ins and things like that where guys had a little score to settle with what happened on the water, uh, who was on whose water, so to speak. And uh, it kind of got handled that way uh, back in the old days. Uh, two guys just kind of went behind the woodshed, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, well, but what? no, I don't ever, I don't ever remember deals like that. Uh, everybody is protective of their so-called water. But, uh, <laughs> the bottom bottom line is everybody has the right probably to fish anywhere they want to. So common sense goes a long way once you're on the water. Well, well, speaking of bad decisions, I understand that you roomed with uh, Dave Mansu last week <laughs> at the, day, oh at the Del Rio. <laughs> That was a really bad decision. <laughs> I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Speaking uh, of... Uh, Dave's a great guy. <laughs> he is yeah, a good guy. Him. We love him. Yeah, we do love him. Uh, you mentioned earlier, down in Del Rio, uh, how is how is retirement? Now, we all know you're not truly retired, but how is it? How How is retirement? How's being away from touring all the time, touring with bass? How How, how are you doing at this stage? Well, you know, being a competitor, you'd still like to be playing the game the way you want to play the game. But as age takes its toll and injuries and health issues arise, you've got to kind of make some decisions along the line. And it was not really where I had a choice. I had to take care of some health issues, and we've got them behind us now. So we're back to fishing and really enjoying ourselves. But that said, uh, you know, I just turned 66 last week, and I'm at an age where I want to fish where I want to fish. I don't want to be told that I need to go to certain places where I really wouldn't go otherwise, that the fishing's horrendous. And uh, so, man, I'm doing trips to Mexico and going different places. And like I say, we live on a wonderful lake here, and we got Falcon fairly close. So I enjoy fishing. I enjoy catching fish. I enjoy getting out there. I still enjoy, uh, you know, working with the fans of the sport and working with the sponsors. And that'll never go away. And, of course, we're still doing the major league fishing. And I'm fishing events here in Texas like, you know, the Ray of Vax and things like that that don't put a lot of stress on me. So uh, yeah. I am living the good life. That's awesome. And that, and that was my next question. We get tons of comments every show uh, about people love major league fishing. Uh, Everywhere we go, we do seminars, Major League Fishing, MLF, MLF. What, what do you think about it, Denny? I, I know what you're going to say, and I, and I love it. I think it's a unique format. But what do you think about Major League Fishing, and, and what do you think it's doing for the sport? you think it's helping grow the sport? I definitely think it is because it's helping anglers uh, become better bass anglers. And, then, you know, that's the best thing you can give anybody is knowledge. And they can watch that show, and they're getting to see so much footage of – us actually under the gun. Yeah, I mean, we're in our office. We're giving it everything we want. They can really dissect what we're doing. Uh, I just think it shortens the learning curve for them. It's very entertainment. They're seeing real-life fishing. It's not, uh, you know, have to show two guys in the studio. This is really a lot of on-the-water action, different format, which I think is super exciting. So I think it's a win-win, and obviously the sponsors like it, the fans like it, and the guys competing in it absolutely love it. They love the excitement. I think we're still all trying to learn the proper way of fishing it. 
because it is a different format. It where is. You're just not taking your, you know, your biggest five fish of the day. You're counting everything. So there's a little learning curve there for us, but uh, great, great format. It's cool. How do you guys like it? I mean, that's the point of that thing that drives me nuts the most is watching everybody else catch a fish. Oh, yeah. You know, being aware of what, what's happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's got to drive you nuts. It does. <laughs> yeah, you. Want, I've I've wanted to kick the guy out of the boat several times because you don't have an option. They tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you this: yeah, they, we we get more we get more response from the MLF and the Bass University classes. People yeah. coming up to us, loving yeah. it, just absolutely loving that show. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh, Denny, before we let you go, uh, want to get your take on. The 2015 Bassmaster Classic Hartwell. Hartwell's a place I know you've fished in the past. Uh, you know, this is a February event. I know weather has a lot to do with it. Uh, what do you think? What do you think it's going to take to win weight-wise, and, and what do you think the, the dominant patterns are going to be? Oh, boy. I, I think uh, last time uh, there was a classic there and pretty well proved that there's going to be a deep bite and there's going to be a shallow bite. And the way the weather patterns have been stacking up, I just really think it's going to be one shallow. I think somebody's going to win at a shallow cranking uh, boat docks, uh, you know, some type of pattern where they're maybe fishing a little bit of stained water there. Because of the history of the last event there, it could have very easily been won that way. And uh, I just think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be one deep this way, but that's just uh, on the outside looking in and maybe me wishing I was there, and that's how I'd be fishing it. (laughs) Uh, Weight-wise, gosh, there were some impressive weights last time, and if they get the right weather set up, it could easily take 18-plus a day. So who knows? I, I think you're right. It's uh, the neat thing about Hartwell is how dynamic it is, and I think you're going to see guys catch them deep, super, super deep. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to guys see them catch them mid depth, and you're going to see a lot of guys fish shallow and catch them. So a really unique thing about Hartwell that there's not one pattern you know that's going to dominate. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's loaded with quality fish, so it'll be a good classic. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's going to be a good one. Man, I got to tell you, Denny, uh, this show tonight started out really rough because our producers usually terrible at everything, oh, and cool, uh, man. <laughs> this <laughs> this really made made the night uh, having you on. And uh, it really did for me, Denny. Yeah. I, I was shocked that you weren't on my uh, agenda here. It's a <laughs> treat to have you on the show. They surprised me. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Hey, Denny, I tell you, you know, I know we keep trying to get our schedules tight, but I hope one day, maybe in 2016, we'll get you up to teach the guys at the Bass University next year. Uh, hopefully that'll work schedule-wise. You bet. All right. Awesome. Denny Brower, everybody. Denny, thank you. Thanks. Wow. Thank you, guys. You got me on that one, Bri. I did get you on that one. Wow. How did you do that? Uh, did, you have, did you have that? Were you waiting in the wings with that? or what? Yeah, we actually had a whole lot more planned, but due to uh, something not working tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that all right. Was, that that actually made the show. Right. That, that was, was amazing. Awesome. That was yeah. sneaky. That was really sneaky. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah, dude, imagine if we had him on Skype like yeah, we were supposed to. Oh, it would have been great. Yeah. You he mean the gonna, visual of it? Uh, Tommy you know Biffle. Maybe we'll have him on again and we can Skype him in. That's yeah. right. Maybe he's going to wear Biffle shorts. No. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, <laughs> man. He was going Darn for it. it. I talked to him. He was going for it. Wow. That would have been amazing. Exposed. That's That's crazy, though. I know. I mean, that. I'm telling you, his picture's hanging up back there. We got his darn jersey, too. Do you ever right. know? We have his jersey. I think it's on McGraw over there. 
Well, That's amazing. Uh, uh, well, what's oh. cool is being a part of this show, I got to hear young men that are, that are fans of yours. Like, you're their version of Denny Brower for you, you know? Yeah. It's just neat seeing that. Like, you know, your idol was on the show, and there's people that are watching you that yeah. look to you the same way you did him. That's yeah. awesome. And your Denny Brower knowledge was uh. pretty fish head, too, man. Thank pulling, you. Pulling up the tube. I forgot how he won that. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. That's good stuff. Oh, dude. I, I Yeah, I, I'm a big Denny fan, and that was that that was incredible. That that uh, that made my year right there. Yeah, that was impressive, dude. Yeah, you, you were... Right on it. It's crazy. No, it's crazy because he, uh, you know, you you talk about um, guys that that shaped your career. You know, you you know, like everybody's got different styles, but uh, you know, you talked about Top Rod days and even before Top Rod days. You know, I can remember being in vaults. You know, uh, being at Freshman Triton and reading the Bassmaster magazines. Chris, I know the same thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, And, you know, you see pictures of the guy. You see him on TNN. You watch him on Bassmasters. And I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be the guy with the big stick and pitching and that power application. And uh, and that's what I love to do now. So he really really did help shape the angler I am today um, because I can vividly remember going on Alloway. You know what I mean? Alloway Lake in my crawl, Dad. Nobody with me. Nobody around. No cameras. No anything. Baitcaster, a jig, black and blue jig, going down those trees, going down those docks, and just pretending, pretending I was Denny. Sure. Imagining, you know, that I'm in, I'm fishing the classic, yeah. and uh, it, it's awesome. It's awesome that. Someone can influence you like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a big inspiration for me in my career. Yep. That was and awesome. I, I appreciated him saying, though, how an angler that doesn't have a classic title has a hole in his career. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. All of those of us, those of us that don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> We're working on yeah. it. <laughs> in case you bottom feeders didn't remember, you don't have it. Uh, you do. <laughs> I'm wow. glad you got that albatross from around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that's Still amazing. Working. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And that story was true, by the way. For all those at home that thought I just made that up. That was a true story. That's awesome. Tommy and Tommy and Denny. Yeah, I, I want to hear what they said. I want. Uh, I wonder. I'll tell you at the bar. After hours. Hours. Like after hours. Uh, that's for after hours. Yeah. Uh, by the way, let me remind everybody: uh, if you want to uh, participate in the show, we want to hear from you. Uh, send your comments in through the IMs. Uh, you could also hit us up on Twitter. It's Mike underscore Iconelli at Twitter com, or you can call and. From about a little after 10 to about 11 o'clock tonight, we're going to do Ike After Hours. It's a very exciting part of the show uh, and a lot of fan interaction. We want to hear your questions. And there might even be a little bit of a crank call coming up tonight. Am I right, Bri? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for a crank call. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what do we got next? So we're going to take a little bit of a break, I think. We're going to take uh, about a five-minute, two- to five-minute break here. I hey, want everybody... We have... Yes, what are we going to do for five minutes? Uh, it's going to just kind of go hang out? You don't want to do that? I've got nothing. You don't have anything. <laughs> I can't play anything. Oh, uh, you can't play anything? No. Not even the, no the other No videos, thing. no music, no Skype. Well, isn't that thing part of the – don't we have that thing on the, the, the our break segment? <laughs> I've got – We can play the Xmark commercial four times. Well, we can do that. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Fans will love it. Will they? All right. Then let's not break. You don't want to break? I well, just um, – I'm just – I don't know what yeah, we would do. Yeah, we don't do. need to break because you just got here, right? Yeah, but I mean – 
State laws. Well, wait a minute. Let's let's <laughs> state law. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go around. Let's take a survey. Pete, do you need a break? I've got Pandora on my phone. We could just roll uh, play it into So you, you saying know? you want a break? Is that a vote for a break or a non-vote for a break? Uh, I'm, 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 I think we should probably not take a break. Not take time. a break. Okay, yeah. Dave? Uh, whatever, dude. Bry? What's up? Uh, we're taking a vote here. Yeah, we're going we're to play the commercial, and I have to... Uh, Use the restroom. Nah, you don't want to change your mind. Let's not take a break. Do you have to take? I got a, Chris Lane calling me on Skype right now. I'm not sure why. Oh, okay. Do you have to? Oh, number wait, wait. Let's see. If, let's, see if, let's see what he wants. I'm sure he's a uh, butt dialing us. Oh, you think he's butt dialing? Us? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that damn show was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Wasting my damn time. <laughs> <laughs> we might hear him talking God smack damn, on the show. There, 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 there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at Chris right now? I'm yeah, looking at gone. Chris Lane. That's awesome. Unfortunately, it, we can't pump yeah. it through. Uh, folks at home, isn't it amazing that somehow we have Skype, but we don't have Skype? Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how that we works. We have it. We can't broadcast We have it. it, but we don't have it. So we're doing phone calls. We have Chris calls. Lane in the, in the studio with us right now. Right. He's watching. He's watching. That's great. That's great. That's amazing. And he's teasing me because I can't make this happen. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but Chris Lane was born in 1975. It happens to be the same year that Pete went to the Woodstock concert. <laughs> yeah. So, just a little bit of irony right there. That was the 60s, baby. Oh, that 60s. was the 60s. I'm sorry. I'm off a little 60s. bit. We actually might be able to hear Chris Lane. Who's older? Who's older, Bobby or Chris? Th- We'd ask that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's children in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we got Chris dropping in on the show. Go ahead. Carry on. I like it. Chris, just join in if you feel you yeah. weigh in on something. <laughs> You're back in the studio. You're back you in the talk. studio, Chris. Uh, dude, I was just... I was well, you guys said you had nothing to do, so I figured I'd give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let Chris do a five-minute monologue. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you sing, Chris? Can How we <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> hey, Chris, <laughs> thanks for calling back in, because I don't feel as bad a parent now, because I know my kids are still awake, too. And I always say, everyone, oh, kids are awake at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, uh, well, it's actually, it's actually, he's on Central, though. He's an hour back. Right. No, he's not. He's not? He's East Coast. Oh, it's good. Yeah. 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 He's up at 9. 9 o'clock. Yeah. 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I got 9.30, so I don't know what time he's on. Yeah, Alabama's He's on... Uh, well, Gunnersville is actually in like a big suck hole. So it's a half hour off. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. All right. It's a bubble. I got you. There's been so many tornadoes through there that it's actually disrupted the time zone. I just got to say, it's kind of crazy. Coming back from uh, Skype to this to hearing you guys all at the same time, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got us. He's got us echoing. This, Chris, what you're going through right now is exactly what you'd feel if you drank a bottle of vodka and popped five mollies. It would be the same the feeling. Mollies. <laughs> Wait for it. Mollies. <laughs> <laughs> What's Molly's? What? Huh. <laughs> that was the sound of 10,000 people clicking X on their computer. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Appreciate you enhancing the show for us. <laughs> Had a really bad concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Let me get the glasses I broke to see if they still work. Oh, they still work. Okay, we're going to change up here. Brian, let's do this. Let's not take a break. No, let's take that break. I I don't want to take a break now. Let's play that commercial. commercial. Uh, No, let's not take a break. I got to pee. 
Well, you'd go ahead. <laughs> well, who's going to push the buttons? Push what? What do you know? There's been no buttons pushed. Yeah, <laughs> Pushing a lot of buttons back here. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do this. Uh, folks at home, hang with us for a quick two to five minute break. Uh, we're going to play two. A, a two minute break. Minute hang with us. When we come back, we have Talk. 2004 Bassmaster Classic Champion, Takahiro Mori, a.k.a. T.O., joining us live on the phone. Stay put. Ike Live coming back. Real soon. I knew it. We're coming. Welcome to Monster Bucks Weekend Moments. Brought to you by Xmark. Michael Waddell has been consistently hunting a huge buck spotted a few days before. We know this boy's in here. We're going to keep asking. With a hot doe in the area, it's not long before the giant appears. The doe begins to lead the buck right into Michael's bow range. At the right time, Michael comes to full draw. Hey. just shot the biggest deer of my life, maybe the biggest deer I'd ever kill in my life. With an unbelievable oh score of 196 Pope and Young, <laughs> Michael just killed his biggest buck ever. Folks at home, folks at home, I told you that was a very short break. I want to say it was a, was it two minutes? I think it was. I feel like it was less than two minutes. State law. Uh, yeah, we're we're breaking all kinds of laws here, but uh, glad you held on. Uh, Brian, uh, the carpenter, got a chance to let go of his pee, which is a good thing. He won't have a bladder infection. Uh, <laughs> and and I want to take this before we bring on Tio. Uh, let's take this time. And we have to do our, our weigh-in, uh, Dave. We didn't weigh Pete in yet today. So, okay. Pete, you ready to take the, the, the challenge? Now, I know you've been working hard, too, by the way, because we talked on the phone this morning. <laughs> and let me tell you the story real quick. So, Pete's on the phone, and we're talking about some other stuff. I put him on speaker, and, and Becky and I are talking to Pete on speaker. And I didn't pick up on it, but Beck picks up on it a little bit. And then I and then I kind of hear you're kind of breathing heavy a little bit. And, and Beck said, Peter, you working out? <laughs> and you were. I was. Uh, doing business and working out at hey the same man, time. I found the best way to make all your calls is while you're jogging and walking around the uh, wow. track you're working on. Good job. That's I, impressive. Hey, I'm after it. it. I'm committed. I'm going to go get on that scale right now. Okay, so we're going to take this time. Pete's going to go out here. He's going to get on the scale. Take the hat off. And, and we need a witness, though. We need a witness. Chris, okay. uh, uh, Chris, come yeah. out here. Yeah. Hold on, Pete. We need our official witness. We've got to do this by the book. This is uh this is legal, totally legal. Ready? Yep. And let's see. Drum roll, please. Scale's not working. The scale's not working. I got nothing to do with that. What do we got? Scale's not working. I got nothing to do with that. Who sabotaged the scale? Stop it. Oh, there we go. Oh, we got some. We got some. We got power. We got power. And wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, for crying out loud. The suspense is killing us. That's what it is. Yep. What do you got? It's confirmed. All right, it's hold confirmed. on, hold, hold on. on. Let's get a confirmation. Chris, go back there. 
Hold on, Pete. We're going to hear from Chris officially. No, we're going to hear from number? Chris or Pete? We want to hear from me or Pete? He's holding a number. All right. Let's hear from Pete. We need a confirmation, though, Chris. Let's hear it. Okay. All right. Pete, you got on the scale. Right. And what was our number last uh, last time? We started at 251. Okay. We had a little bit of a bump to 255. 255. He had change in his pockets. Okay. And today? 249. Hey! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Chris, can Confirmed. we verify it? Thank Confirmed. You. Wow. That's 249. Confirmed. That's Good seven job, pounds from last week. From wow. Two weeks ago. I go with six. You know. Six pounds, yeah. That's, but, uh, all right, rather, yeah. six pounds. That's amazing. Well, it's I. You know, honestly, I mean, that's, I, a, that's a that's a was that a week? Or two think about two weeks. Think about thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Wow. The uh, I, I I honestly am uh, having a, a more difficult time than I've had in the past. Uh, you know, everybody says the older you get, the harder it gets to get it done. And uh, yeah, when I started working out, I gained weight. I guess maybe you know my muscles started maintaining fluid or something, and yeah. and I put on some, and People. and I've really had to step up the the low carbs. Low calorie and uh, really step up the exercise program, and I, I plan to keep doing that. But I would have expected to drop even more by now. But I, hey, I'm happy. I dropped six pounds from two weeks yeah. ago. I'm happy about that. I'm on the right track. That's six rods and reels, guys. Wow! <laughs> wow, hey, man, yeah. that's awesome. Good job, Pete. Way to Thank go, you. man. That's Thank pretty you. impressive for a 52-year-old dude. <laughs> that would be impressive for a 52-year-old. <laughs> wow, that's We're amazing. We're getting there. Just 49 more pounds to go. That's amazing. Wow. Nothing that's to it, right? Hey, give, tell me when. That's amazing. When you're ready for dial-up talk. Uh, let, let's, do, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's get him on the phone. Uh, we're going to uh, dial up. Uh, i got to tell you, before we even get him on the phone. Make our picks. Yeah. i, I got to tell you something, though. For sure, one of the most exciting classic wins that I've seen oh, man. Uh, ever. For sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the drama of, of catching him at the very end like that was unbelievable. I mean, his bio... Is an American success story. Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's something special, but that that was just tremendously dramatic, the way that that, that transpired. Super dramatic. How did you pass out, you know? I mean, I it's, it, I don't think he made another cast, right? Has, he, he won the tournament on the last cast. He caught two big ones, like back-to-back. Like, yeah. Like, he had three yep. fish. Yeah. He pulled up. He fishing up the river. Came up to a laydown and thunk, caught one, put it in the boat, and you know, literally, you can see him looking at his watch and saying, you know, one more, one, you know, he's still got time for one more. Like I want to say, it's the next cast or the next cast, another big one amazing. in the boat and goes. Yeah. Big chartreuse crankbait or something. Big square bill, yeah. just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just so, what, what a cool win. It was, man. you know. How awesome. many, how many classics have been won on a square bill? Many. A lot. Many, many classics. A lot. A lot of classics won shallow, mm-hmm. dirty water. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to hear, we'll hear the story from uh, the man's mouth here, hopefully, in a second. Uh, right, do we have him uh, on the phone? Or we, oh, I'll do that right now. Oh, you're going to do it right now. Oh, yeah. hey, guys, we can't forget, we have to make our picks. We're going to start our, our fantasy fishing season tonight. We'll do that. Okay. Okay. Well, what does that consist of, by the way? Well, so the way we're going to do it is, you're just going to make one pick. I have my pick. We're going to award oh, the Oh, for points. each tournament. Yeah, and at the end of the year, it's going to be just like Angler of the Year, the way the points pile up. You're going to pick one guy. We're not going to get crazy and pick a whole bracket. Gotcha. Because I'm not trying to keep track of all that. Yeah. Everyone's going to pick one guy. Okay. End of the year, you know, we're, you don't, you're not stuck with that guy the whole season. I like it. But each tournament, you're going to pick your winner. Okay. Wherever he places, 
You get points as if we were judging a tournament. Gotcha. So this is like a Ike Live fantasy fishing. Yeah. This is catered just it's for the show. Version. I yeah. like it. Now, can I pick myself? You can pick yourself, sure. I can. Okay. Well, I might pick myself in every event. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably won't win then at the end of the year. Huh? We, we should have been provided with a list of classic contenders, I think. Uh, we should have. Eh, Brian, can you get us that? We can just pull a name out. What is that? Can we get a list of classic contenders? Post it somewhere here? There might be a sleeper sitting in there that I'm not budgeting for. I'd like to look at that list. Uh, No, there's some locals. That was was Dave's homework. Well, I didn't want to provide the list because I I know who's – I got a good feeling who's going to get top five. But we're doing one. You're picking one guy. Okay. Each tournament, you're picking one guy. All right. I like it. I like okay. this. I like this. I like this a lot. All right, we're going to do this now, or you want to get talk to Tio no, first? We're we talk to Tio. All right, let's talk to Tio. All right, how are we doing, bro? We got Tio on the phone? Yeah. Did you tell him we were terrible with Skype? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's ringing. It's ringing. That's the sound you hear. <laughs> Hello? Talk. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the show. Okay. Tio! <laughs> Tio! How you doing? Uh, uh, joining us live via phone, not Skype, because once again, our producer's terrible. Uh, joining us live via phone, Mob Bell style, all the way from, I think, Texas. We're going to find out here in a second. Takahiro Mori! Tio, everybody! Tio! Tio. Hey, 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 hey. I thought we were gonna do this Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Tio, let me tell you something. Uh, oh boy. Our our producer. I'm gonna let me let me try to let me try to make an analogy here. Our producer is like. Hold on, Mike. Tell me when. Uh, go ahead. He's like. Who, who would you? Mike. He's what? He's uh, he's ter- he's not very good. <laughs> He's not very good. He's not very good. Uh, but how are you tonight, Tio? Where are you? Where, by the way, where are you at right now? Are you at home? Are you in Texas? Where I'm, are you at? I am at the home at the Lake Fork, Texas right now. Well, I'm going to set up everything, my classic trophies, all my old pictures, and the magazine, the map, and everything. He yep. was all set up, man. <laughs> everything ready. I did a practice Skype And here him. you yeah. are. Everything's ready. Everything's set up. We, and here we are on the phone. Like uh, we're like this, yeah. like this is the seventies. We're gonna have to have a yeah. do over. Yeah. Did you have to put? Man. Did you have to put two dimes <laughs> in the payphone when you called? No, <laughs> man. We got technology, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we have te- we have technology issues over here, Tio. Big issues. Hey, we're sorry about that, uh, Tio, but it's all it's okay. awesome to have you here on the show. I don't so understand why hey, we have more laptops me, behind me than Best Buy. <laughs> I know. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, Tio, so you're at home. Uh, this is the pre-classic Ike Live show, and we're talking about classics. Uh, right before we had you on, right before right before Brian called you, we all unanimously agreed. That the classic you won, 2004, was the most exciting classic we've ever seen. Mm. The drama and the excitement of of that last minute uh, performance, those last couple catches, that was amazing. T- take us back. I know it was a long time ago because mine was in 2003, so it's a long time ago. But take us back to that moment, real quick, Tio. And what was going through your head before you caught those last couple fish? 
Well, uh, it was uh, day three in the afternoon, 1.45. I only had a two fish weighed 40, like a three pound. Wow. I was struggling to just get fed. And uh, I felt like fish just left the bank. Then, you know, I was pitching, flipping to the laydown, the base of the laydown. Then, you know, fish just left the bank, then just move out to the little depot, keep the laydown. So I start just thought about maybe start cranking something. Then I, I 1.45, it was two thirty in checking time. So technically I had only hour 45 minutes. Then uh, I pick up my square wheel battery crankbait. They made my fast cast, so I call like a three and a half pounder. Then I was gonna leave, at, I mean, spot for 2.15 to get to the two thirty check in. Then 2.10, I caught my biggest fish for the week, weight four pounds, <laughs> the ounces. Then next cast, I caught another two pounder. That was my number five fish. Wow. Then I made one more cast, then just I left, you know? Wow. So I, I made it to check green by like five minutes. Wow. That's amazing. That's a that's amazing that it happened that late. I can relate to that because, you know, I, I've had that happen in tournaments. But in that tournament, under those pre- that, that pressure, did, did you have, when you caught number five, running back, running back to the, the ramp, pulling the boat up on the truck, did you have any idea that you were going to win or did you think you, you had a shot or what was your mindset going into weigh-in? Well, I was just happy to get five. Then uh, that happened so quick. So I was thinking, how much weight I have? You know, I, I maybe have 13 pounds. But that was just all I could think about it because uh, everything happened so quick. I was just got to the boatroom. Then I told somebody, I said, I need a bag of ice to just make sure fish don't die right away. So, uh, you know, it was just uh, in my mind. I was, I, I thought maybe had a chance, but that's all I could think about at that point. Wow, yeah. that's that's an amazing story. Uh, like that, I said, Pete, that that you know, you were there for that one. I was there. That was an amazing. That was an amazing win <laughs> to watch that to see that yeah. it was pretty amazing i mean i was amazed i mean we didn't really realize it until after the fact when we got to see the video footage yeah. you know but you know i was tickled to death because to and i had known each other a while at that point and it was a it was a thrill you won and then next year he wins you know yeah. it's it's like pretty cool you know i thought everybody yeah. would want to be my friend after that you know, <laughs> for good luck or something. For I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> but it was it was great. It was great to see that that giant monster win 2004. But uh, what what? And I, I uh, it's you know it's already ten years ago. But uh, the trophy I have at the stage and arena, the Mike, you the ones handed to me because you're the previous winner 2003. Yes. So. So that was, you know, I still remember like yesterday. That was, that was, you know, it's like amazing moment. I never forget, you know. You actually handed to me this trophy I have in my home. That's awesome. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Uh, let me tell you, I, 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 uh, I, I, of course, I, you know, we're competitive, and I wanted to hold it again up over my head. But uh, if I had to pass it to anybody, 
I lo- I loved passing it to you, Tio. I really did. I thought it was awesome. Uh, you know, one of, one of the things I admire about you is you're a hard worker. I, I see that, and and man, I, I I love that. You know, and a lot of guys that go out there and they're just so good they don't even need to practice. Man, that that irks me. That eats me up. Uh, but I a lot of guys like Tio. You know, I see him put the time in, yeah. and that's. That's one of the ways you can get to the top of the sport, you know. Uh, and and that's exactly. that's a good segue, Tio. Is you know y- you're you're semi self-taught, right? Like you know this is this was your dream for a lot of years as a, as a kid to come to the states and compete. Tell tell us a little bit about your background. How did how did you get yeah, started? I, I had all my picture when I was in Japan, when I was like a 13, 14, 15 years old. Brian! I was going to show you all this stuff. But, uh, <laughs> I had uh, I had started, I was at uh, maybe 9, 10 years old. You know, all my friends at the school want to go to the fishing pond after the school, you know, the whole weekend. Then, uh, I got into uh, the, just the high school club tournament, which they just started in Japan. Any bass tournament or any technique was coming from the United States. And I was like, man, you know, so cool to go to the, to the America to be able to fish for the money. Then if you get sponsored, you might go fishing. Somebody pay you to go fish, you know. Then you might do it as a career, as a job. So uh, I was just... You know, did all the research, homework, back then with no internet, you know, all I had. I, I became uh, the member for the Bass. The, uh, we had a wonderful magazine called Bassman Magazine. They had one new magazine back then talking about the bass fishing in Japan. So uh, I asked a lot of questions for those people. Then, you know, the Gary Yamamoto came to uh, Japan to promote his bait. I was uh, I, I was in high school there, uh, you know, I talked to him. I did all that stuff, then I graduated high school and said, this is the time I, I should go just to see it, you know, go to America to see it. And uh, I, I, I made a reservation for my uh, flight, uh, rental car. Then I called Bass, actually. And no, I, first I sent a letter because I couldn't speak English. So uh, I sent a letter to me the, with the I want to fish tournament. Then they put me in a waiting list. That was 1992 season. So I only could be able to fish two tournaments, end of the two tournaments. It used to be only had a six invitational. Then uh, the first time I come to this country was 1992 March for the Texas Bass Invitation for the Sam Raven. you know, ever since I just just try. But I mean, long story short, I don't have any sponsor, any money, or you know, friends, anything to begin with. But I had so much passion. I love this sport. Everything involved, just so. You know, it's just amazing to me. It's like, uh, it just, you know, one thing I understand, I saw the next things come up. It's just, you know, never end. You know, so. Uh, how did I you? Just, how I did? Just, Tio, how did you get by? I mean, you came over to the United States, you fished that first tournament, and uh, I mean, where where were you living? How were you? How were you making ends meet? How were you able to get out there and compete in tournaments? 
I, I remember, you know, five, three years, because I don't have my car, I don't have my own boat, so I was fishing as a non-boater. Then I had uh, my other Japanese, you know, the big name guys, want to fish whole tournament, so I was like, he's so far, so I take care of his truck and the boat, so he let me use, you know, when he's not fishing tournaments. Then I take him back to the airport every after the tournament, then pick him up every before the tournament, then I can I get used his truck and the boat for practice. So I I basically stay, you know, during the season like seven or eight months. Then I was living in the suburban, like ninety eighty five suburban. I lived like three years. Wow. Because I don't have wow. a house. I don't need wow. to go home, you know. So mm-hmm. I just I just stay at, at the campground. Sometimes I just you know like Walmart parking lot, whatever, you know. If I can probably in the charge battery for the boat. I was like, you know, just uh, living a camp run on the lake to the next tournament lake. Then during all premise, come back to that tournament lake. Just, just you know, traveling between tournament lake to tournament lake. Just spend as much time on the water. <laughs> that's well, that's awesome. Dedication. That's hardcore. That is that is true dedication. <laughs> that's hardcore. Yeah, that's, that's well, super hard. It, it's weird. It's, it's like, you know, for me, I come to this country to just, you know, fish. I don't come here to become famous or rich or, you know, any another reason. I just want to fish to against the best guys to know how good I am, how, you know, improving myself. So, uh, I have no interest in the other parts of the personal life or nothing. I just want to, you know, fish to win the tournament get sponsored and i want to make living maybe you know on the fishing that's all i was thinking about it that's amazing that's amazing and and that story you know to have that dedication and then to you know flash forward to 2004 and win the classic that's an amazing story sure that's that's a that's a dream come true yeah i had the really really you know the goal to start with have you know even before I come to this country I, I made it up like a 15 year career plan so I, I, I set up you know a small goal every year then I had those 15 years you know the ones I have actually I had on the Bassa magazine and the 1992 issue and the whole thing because I saw one of those guys in Japan said this is so interesting you know so but it's the having goals wow. to set up really helped me to qualify the classic for 2001, then win the 2004. Those, well, you know, then my, my that plan started from 91 to 2005, but uh, it actually worked out. Wow. wow. Writing those goals. And, well, you know, when you set goals... I mean, it doesn't ever go according to plan. You got peaks and valleys, and I remember one that I thought was amazing in your career was that you you had a a, a crummy year or an average year somewhere on the top 100 or top 150s, whatever it was, and uh, and you fell out of the the standings for that trail. And I remember you entered the the amateur side of those tournaments uh, for a period of time. And you actually won one as an amateur, mm-hmm. but that, that must have, I, uh, that must have been a hard thing to face, man. When you when you failed to qualify and you're you know you said the heck with this, man. I'm gonna keep working. 
Well, I, uh, that was 96, you know, I qualify for the top 100. Like right now, the Kibasma Saitis. Then like that past year, out of 109 guys, I, I think I finished like 104th or 105th. That fair out. Then I was continue to keep fishing the invitational, but I want to learn something what I made a mistake. So I, I fish as an amateur side for the top 100. Then I fished two of them. Then the one, I finished seventh with the Catskill New York for the Hudson River. Then uh, I, I, I won the North Carolina, the top 100 for the amateur side. But uh, bottom line is I fished every single tournament, almost tried to win the classic as a practice to win the classic. So uh, really? back then, yes, every single tournament, I was just focusing just one goal to, to you know, I'm going to win the classic. Then every day on the water or every tournament, you know, sometimes I go like my, my game plan was way crazy, but I just thinking, you know, if I don't win, I, I don't get sponsored. And, you know, overall, if I don't win the classic, you know, that to me coming to this country means nothing, you know, so... I had, uh, you did it. I mean, you did it. Congrats. <laughs> Congratulations. That's that's tough. At 15 years, he set a 15 year goal yeah. and actually mm-hmm. achieved that goal in 13 years. That's that's, that's amazing. Uh, something yeah. to be said for writing those goals down. That's amazing. Well, I, in this in this goal, I wrote down in 2001. You know, to my 10th year in the, on the season, I said I'm going to make fast classic. Then I did. Then I, I put 2004. I win the classic. Then I did. And in 2005, I, I said, you know, I'm going to win the Angle of the Year. Then actually, I left Angle of the Year after the South Tournament. Then I ended up like a 20th or something. <laughs> but uh, I, I showed this goal to uh, the IMG Academy, which is Florida. That's where trained the athletes. The mental coach said, if, if you have goals set up, not like, takes 10 years to make in a classic. If you do that for, instead, you know, 2001, if you put like a 1995, you've probably done that for the five years because because that goal makes you just like your mind or, or mentally just, you know, it just keeps that, well, you, you know, the, the, the human, the brain kind of like made it out, I guess, so. Well, you know, I was like, damn, you know, I thought it takes 15 years to do all this stuff, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the mental coach said, you know, if you showed up that goal, you could have done that much out of Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the coach is basically saying, why'd you wait so long? You know, <laughs> should have put it down for the next year. Well, I'm, I'm putting it down yeah. for next year on mine. <laughs> I'm putting it down right now. <laughs> Win Hartwell, 2015 yeah. Classic. I, I'm doing it yeah. right now in on two paper. weeks. In two weeks. Like I put a goal in like two weeks. That's right. That's Three right. Weeks. Uh, r- real quick, too. So you know, winning the classic obviously was a was a huge goal. Uh, it's 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 one of the crowning jewels of of professional fishing. Th- how did it change your life? Uh, you know, we've had Chris Lane on tonight. We've had Denny Brower on tonight, and they've both said that winning the classic changed their life. How did it change your life? What what changed in your life after you won the classic? Uh, you know what? I have the same house, you know, the, I have the same 
suburb I bought in 2001. They, uh, I'm still driving it. They, I'm still single. I don't have a kid. So my personal life, or, or it's it's not uh, not you know changing, changing. To be honest, but uh, my business side for the fishing, I get, I say, uh, you know, support from the sponsors. You know, I'm not the guy to, uh, you know, the business business too much because I still want to spend more time to fish, to train myself to get better. But uh, overall, you know, it, it just tables my career as, as a professional because because the classic win. That's no doubt about it. And I think afterwards, I don't realize first year after one, second year, or fifth year, but after 10 years, people are still talking about it. People still, you know, talk to me because the classic win. So I feel like more and more down the road on my career, maybe, you know, five more years later, or maybe 10 more years later, Still, you know, this is going to be uh, the best thing that happened to me on my career. Then I'm going to maybe understand how big this impact is for the rest of my life, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, from my opinion, uh, your, your win changed other people's lives because, you know, it, it was pretty dramatic that uh a japanese angler won that of won that right. event that was huge tio uh you, you know i think what you did is you gave a lot of hope to a lot of people that fall outside of that stereotypical angler you know you, you, you know you're not from the south you're not 40 years old you don't have a southern accent you don't you, you know what i mean you, you were radically yeah. different you were very different culturally Age-wise, all that fr- from the normal classic champ, and I think that was so important at that time. Yeah. It opened up the doors. It, and yeah, we saw I, uh, we I, saw I, a lot I, of Japanese guys come into the to the sport after that a lot more. But I, I just was curious. And now that you mentioned that, are you like a rock star when you go back to Japan? Yeah, you get like swamped at the airport. <laughs> yeah, groupies, baby, groupies. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, if you're coming from farther, farther from the south, like uh, if you're coming from uh, like California or like, uh, like, like in New York, or if you're coming from farther from the south, the people are more dedicated, you know, then if you think about people who come outside of the country, they're like, uh, they, I mean, just the crazy. Fanatical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, then, then if they are poor, that's better because so they have the mentality to, you know, so, I mean, just the work ethic and how to work. You know, if it's poor, you have to, you don't have other options. You know, if no. I don't make it on the fishing I go back to Japan, then I, I have to tell all my friends that hey, I, I couldn't make it. It's like, I couldn't do that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, the mentally, you know, if you're coming farther, farther, the guy came, that, that the guy probably mentally super, super strong, you know, then he's so committed, you know. Mm. So that's why I guess, uh, it's an interesting point. I have more chance of success. It's interesting. You know, hey. 
it's not just fishing. I think any sport, same thing, you know. And uh, that that just uh, happened to me. I I born in Tokyo, then you know I have the same passion born with it. You know, I just want to become better fisherman. The only way to me to judge myself is to fish against the best guy in the world. So I said, you know. No brain. I gotta come to the United States if I wanna be the professional bass fisherman. If I wanna be the racing driver, I gotta go to England or Europe. You know. So. Is that next on the list? No, that's just my <laughs> fantasy world. You know, I always watch like Formula One racing. You know, then just that's what I like. So I just play with some go kart and all season, just stay in the pit, then go to the gym and stuff. But uh, I, I, you know, this is my living my dream. So yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't know that you actually brought up a, a hidden fact. Uh, Formula One, I think people know about, but the 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 go kart thing, Tio. We talked about it at Major League Fishing a little bit. Man, you're yeah. in, you're into that deal. You're into it. In fact, you just got a new go kart, and I I'm yeah. not, I won't I won't <laughs> say how much on air you paid for that thing, but. <laughs> You yeah. could have got like a Ferrari for that same amount of money, I think. No, uh, no I, uh, I I enjoy you know motorsports as the same to me as like uh, fishing tournaments, like one man team. You have to be mechanic, you have to be a manager, you have to be a team boss, you have to get the sponsor for the marketing. To me, it's kind of like the same you know business structure as as you know. I'm kind of like competitive. The challenging things I really like, so kind of like you know motorsports is I always just enjoy watching. Then if you do it for the fun, for the speed, you, you know you want to do the safe way, and the go kart is so much fun. <laughs> so you yeah. know that's just my fantasy was. So uh, day in day out, I, I'm I'm a fisherman. I love what I do, and uh, you know I want to. I want to continue competing against the highest level. Then you know I want to get to uh, next level by myself. You know. So. Tia, Tia, if you don't mind, uh, in light of the recent boat boarding incidents we've had in the sport, I thought I'd give a public service announcement to anyone that might decide to board your vessel should you bump into them. <laughs> you see, huh. Tox studied kendo for nine years. Ooh. I didn't know that. And you jump on Tox boat, it ain't going to be an unwanted touch. You're going to get chopped. Do you want to talk about kendo a little bit? It's, it's, a, it's a martial art and, uh, that's studied in Japan. Could you explain to some of our listeners that might not be familiar with it what it is? Yeah, kendo? Yeah. You're talking about kendo? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I didn't want to reveal tough. your secret I weapon nine years, you know, when I was... Uh, Good. I always try to escape to go fishing, then you know it's just a tough. You know. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to keep you safe, yeah. bro. <laughs> it's just on a rampage out there. I just got to make sure you don't jump on your boat. That's all, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so we uh, let me remind everybody real quick. Uh, if you've got questions for Tio, uh, uh, let's hear your questions. Uh, I am to us, or you can hit us up on Twitter. It's Mike underscore Iconelli on Twitter dot com. Uh, Want to hear from some questions, Chris? What do we got back there on the IMs? We got any good questions for Tio from the fans? Yeah, we got one from uh, Ty Super here. Uh, what's Tio's favorite lure he picks up on a new lake? Oh, good question. What? What, what the question was? What's your favorite lure? What's the favorite lure that you use when fishing a new lake? 
Uh, square bill crunchbait. <laughs> square bill? Yeah. Sour onion That's interesting because, you know, here, here's something too. You know, you talk about stereotypes. I think everyone wants to think that a, a guy from California or a guy from Japan or, or, you know, whatever are finesse guys. Now, I know, I know, Tio, you finesse because I've seen you with a spinner rod, but that's not what you like to do, right? Mm-hmm. You're a power guy. You like to power fish. I am. I'm, I'm, I don't have much patience to do the finesse stuff. That's, so I ended up being the power fisherman. Yep. That's... So, uh, you know, square beer, sour honey, craft I can fish all year long, just about any places. And uh, if, as long as I find a little muddy water, all kind of water, and I'm good with it. <laughs> gotcha. Is this, are are there any... Uh, is that a uh, uh, preconceived uh, guess here on what you're going to be doing at the Classic next week? Well, I'm, I'm thinking next week is going to be super cold, Mike. Could be. You know, we're we're making picks for our uh, for our Classic deals, and uh, I just want to know: did you have have you made any new lists with 2015 Classic <laughs> in the title? Because I might I might have to pick you for this. You got you got to pick tail, aren't you? I might pick them. Yeah. Going the way of crankbaits, it looks like, oh, well, go ahead. What do you think, T.O.? The weather seems to be stable. We've had a couple other classic champs on here say how they thought it was going to be one. How do, how do you think the Hartwell Classic is going to play out? I think if weather stays that cold, I mean, the water temp is going to stay cold. It means, you know, a game might be a deep fight, like a, out on one, the 2008. You might have to fish, like, you know, down the 30, 40 foot and the tree or something. Right. Which I'm not excited about too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could always weight a weight a square bill down. <laughs> about five you ounces. Know, you could Carolina rig. Well, <laughs> good. So this is my halfway. If somebody thinks like that way to go fishing deep, then I might have all my good stuff by myself on the upper end of the lake in the shadow. So, Dirt, dirty water to yourself. Blow it away. Yeah. Could happen. So... Could happen. So, I mean, you never know, you know. Like, like the tournament, it feels the same for everybody. Most of the time, you you ended up in an attack. You have to do something kind of totally out of box or totally opposite things, you know. So yeah. <clears throat> well, that's a good prediction. I like it. Uh, what else we got back there on the IM uh, questions, Chris? We got another one. Oh, this is for both you and uh, Tio. Boy, like, double. Um, this is from Larry Kay. Any chance of uh, you guys having a, a Bass University seminar in Texas? In the near With future? Texas guys, T.O., Kelly Jordan. Ooh. Other Texas pros. Oh, Pete, I, I like the idea of that. Et cetera. I love it. I love it. I, I think we've, well, we've been to Dallas with the Bass University twice. And as a matter of fact, I now, this is a very interesting thing about T.O. I'm glad that that guy asked that question. I invited T.O. to be a speaker on the Bass University about one of the first years we started, first or second year. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, mm. he declined. He <gasps> said, I do not want to be the teacher. I want to be the student. Wow. Ah. I want to be the student of the sport. And he, uh, at that time, you know, he, he was focused on that. And uh, we, we we just recently had a conversation, and I asked him if uh, if maybe at this stage of his career he, he was ready because we'd love to have him oh, yeah. as, a, as a speaker for Bass University. And he's uh, he's uh, he's up for it. So we're, wow. we're, we're going to try to get him on the schedule for he's, 2016. He's a fan favorite. We've got a ton of messages 
All right, yeah. keep keep them coming. So you're saying so you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Okay, I like We're it. trying to come to Texas. Yeah, All right. Now, now, now that it's, it's successful, you want you want to be a teacher and not the student. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Where was all that motivation? You're right. See, Tio's smarter than we think. Yeah, exactly. He knows we wouldn't have paid him back yeah. then. We would have just paid him in beer, and now we'll actually pay him in money. Uh, Chris, what else you got back there on the IMs? Uh, we got one from Chris. Uh, Tio, what's your favorite Japanese lure? Ooh. Oh, lucky crab. Senko, Yamamoto Senko. <laughs> Senko and Lucky Crab. That guy was hoping for some like top secret, know, you know right? what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. secret spy bait or something. I have too many secrets. I can't tell you about it. Oh. 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 Well, we have Ooh. another one right here. Call you back uh, in after hours. <laughs> <laughs> Reveal some secrets here. All right, what else we got? Chris, keep uh, coming. What about square bills, Tio? Do you like them with rattles or silent? Ooh, good question. Uh, the, the bars are good. Technically, I, I use non-lateral, you know. But uh, the, the plastic square bill, I, I go both. Sometimes I go silent. If, if I was around a lot of fishing pressure and area, or second day, third day tournament, but uh, if I was around like um, grass or some kind of like off-color water, mud, I, I don't mind use the, the one local type platter. What to, about to, what, what about what uh, you brought up something that's very interesting, uh, which was yeah. balsa versus plastic. Mm-hmm. What what's your mm-hmm. determination on the material of the bait? Well, uh, the balsa would have way more buoyancy, especially like 1.5 or balsa B1 type smaller. One, you know, it's no compare. The balsa B1, I mean, I'm talking about smaller size. The balsa bait has way more buoyancy. To help not to hang up, you know, if you fish lip wrap or, or stump or, or, or whatever, you don't want to hang up. The, uh, the plastic kind of like heavier in a way. I mean, it's not enough room in the inside, the air, whatever it is. If I was fishing like a 2.0, 2.5, 3.5, maybe okay with it to maybe get away from it, not hang up too much. But I like to use balsa wood if I was fishing around the wood cover or maybe smaller size of bait because of buoyancy. So that's, you know, the other two, that makes a big difference. Gotcha. That's that's a great point because yep. we we've had that question here before on the show, so that's a great point. Uh, we've got. I'm looking at my uh, Twitter here, uh, To, and we've got yeah. a question from Gary. Uh, Gary's actually from New Jersey. This is kind of embarrassing, but Gary okay. wants to know if you could say "I knew it" for us. Dude, I had a T-shirt I'm wearing right now. So I knew it. Oh, there it goes. Yes. Damn it, Brian. We had we could have had the T-shirt if you get the Skype work. I saw the T-shirt. You saw it. Okay. Gosh, that's yeah, a, Brian saw it. It's Brian's fault. We've, we've Brian had a lot of comments. A lot of people want me fired tonight. Yeah, Brian's dying. A lot of people. Brian gets blamed for everything, Tio. I'll take it. Uh, hey, oh, so let me tell you this. Um, we're excited. Uh, we're excited to have you on the show. Th- this is awesome because uh, you know what you did in 2004 was inspirational to a lot of people. A lot of people that watch the show, 
and it was inspirational to us. You know, I, I can tell you that uh, it, it actually gives me chills thinking about uh, uh, your win in 2004. But before we let you go, we do a really cool thing here in the show. We do this to all our guests, and we call it the Ike Live Rapid Fire Question Session. And so I'm going to rattle off uh, six questions to you, T.O., and you just have to answer them. You don't have time to think. You just have to answer with the first thing that comes in your mind, okay? And here they go. Are you ready? Yes. Question number one. Who would win in a fight, Miley Cyrus or Britney Spears? Britney Spears. Whoa! (laughs) Britney. Brit Brit. I love Brit Brit. I do, too. Uh, Second question. Square bill or flat bill? Square Bill. Square Bill. <laughs> I like it. We knew that. One. I I knew that one. I, I knew that one. I knew them both. Uh, I knew them both. Uh, next question: Swimming pool for swimming or testing crankbaits? Testing crankbaits. Way <laughs> man alive! I like that one. Uh, I still use it though. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, a little backstory. You do have a pool at home. And you, yes, I do. And you swim and test crankbaits. You do both. Not, not much swimming. I mean, I'm strictly for testing my bait. Wow. I already, I did, actually, I use it today, too. So I don't have to go on the lake, you know. It's just, uh, you got to have it. I, 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 uh, I paid 25000 to build it in uh, 2003. And I still use it a lot. Every time I come back from a tournament, the, the bait I caught fish, I feel something funny about that bait. I just, you know, to swim at the same pool to see how they swim. Or, like, uh, if I had a new prototype bait or new bait on the market, I want to see how they swim. And I just, you know, test it so I don't have to go in the lake. Or I can have to, I mean, I have to have a clear water to see it. Hey, Tuck, I'm a little uh, confused. In, in 2003, you're buying $25,000 pools and you're sleeping in a truck before you win the Classic? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and think That's of the dedication. Yes, and think of the think of the bonus here. Listen to me. If freaking you Hefner shows up at your door unexpected, which has happened, it's you know not beyond the realm of possibility. You're freaking ready. You got the pool in the back. You got the grotto. You're ready. Wait, I'm confused. So can, right. can you, like, expense this to the business then? Absolutely. The IRS is cool with a yes. pool in the backyard as long as you test crankbaits. Actually, <laughs> my CPA did for the 50%, you know, because I'm doing one of the rooms for the home office. Yeah, I use as an office. So I try to get do the 100% for the expense for my swimming pool, I mean, test tank. But they, they, my CPS said you might get audit if you do that 100%. <laughs> so I did it for the 50%. But, uh, that's awesome. yeah, Thanks for the info. I got to tell Charlie about that. Yeah, we're we're going to tell our accountant about that, T.O. very generous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you've ever been swimming in that pool. No, but do, you, do you notice what happened here, though? Do you see the question Becky asked? So you know what? Uh, I'm going to be being hounded by a, a pool now. <laughs> I don't want a pool. Yeah, You're I the just, one that wants a pool. Oh, well, I don't saying. want a pool. I'm the pool girl. Well, I don't want to be a pool okay. girl. Becky's going to get something that looks like Caesars in Vegas. Tuck has, <laughs> has a runway. A runway. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. All right. All right. Let's get back to our questions. Uh, they're going to go downhill from here, but let's finish our questions. Next question. Uh, McDonald's. Quarter pounder or five pounder? 
Five pounds. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, favorite lunch meal. Rice. And by the way, before I ask this question, we asked Aaron Martin's the same exact question. Uh, favorite lunch meal. Rice bowl or smoke bowl? Rice bowl. Okay. Aaron answered smoke bowl. Uh, last question. This is a star. This is a Star Wars question. And this is this okay. is the last question. Drum roll, please. Star Wars. Chewbacca or Chewtaka? <laughs> yeah! yeah! Wow! There you have it. There you have it. Man, I... That was probably the most fun rapid fire Ike Live questions we ever had on the show. He's ever. Great. Do you agree? That was the best. It was the best. We hey, uh, Takahiro, thank you very yeah. much for joining us on the show. I will see you in a week. I'll actually see you at practice, probably buzzing around, and I'll see you at the banquet of the following week. I'll see you down at Hartwell. Uh, wish you all the best, and thank you very much for taking time out for Ike Live. Takahiro hey. Mori, everybody. Hey. See you. Thanks for having me, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Theo. See you soon. Wow. Pretty good. Wow. Man. What a what a great interview. That was a great interview. <laughs> wow. Was yeah. that not a great interview? That was awesome. Dude, I, I mean, we've we, this has been a dynamic show. I mean, you went from Chris Lane, amazing story, yep. really cool character, to Denny, uh, yep. icon of the sport, you know, a hero of the True sport. Pro. To Takahiro, yeah, a, a kid that left Japan with nothing to to achieve a dream and won the classic in 2004. That's it, amazing. It's amazing. Got to get him in studio in August when you guys come back up here. Takahiro, yeah, Bry, you hear that? Uh, yeah, he needs to be in. Let's here. make a note. Brian DeCarpenter, make a note. To in studio. Yeah. For when he's up here at Chesapeake. We need to get him all in studio. All in studio. But T.O. would be great. T.O. is a great guy. Awesome. He said, I mean, he had trinkets and backdrops and stuff. I, I, know. I, see, I saw it. He had we yeah. just couldn't get it from this he computer was to that yeah. one. Yeah. And he's a genuinely nice guy, too. Blame Jeffries. Yeah. Like, like if, if you... If you <laughs> Mark Jeffries. Uh, if you take away all the competitive stuff, T.O.'s a nice... He's just a nice dude. Nice... Mm-hmm. Simple guy, you know what I mean. I, I think what one of the key things that stood out in talking to him was how he rated being poor or or, or not having a, um, a safety net as an important part of being yeah no options you know successful it leaves you with no options it leaves you completely dedicated and passionate to the sport because we we hear about it a lot and you know I talk about it, we all do you know how important is sponsorship and how important is have funding and and all that stuff is really really important well, but, it sounds like he did have some yeah. support he talked about this money bucks guy that he's driving back and forth to the airport yeah so he had some kind of support yeah. somewhere I mean someone to give the wrong idea to the 19 year olds listen <laughs> they go sleep in the back of mom's station wagon and <laughs> For all you kids out there watching tonight, for all you aspiring kids, take one good look at Dave. <laughs> this is why you don't want to try yeah, you know, to fish professionally. Yeah, yeah, in the back of the car. You, a room. Yeah. Right. you, you, you two, can afford the room. You don't need to be out there. Yeah. You two one day can be wearing a machine head t-shirt. <laughs> at 43. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, uh, Beck, I'd like to hear from you. You, you were, you've been aloof tonight, but you, you, th- this has been a pretty cool show. How did the show start out tonight <laughs> compared to where it ended? How do you feel about the transition of the show? You know, uh, 
my my OCD is kicking in because I, I see cheesecake. I see cheesecake. There's <laughs> cheesecake. There's cheesecake on the camera. Is there cheesecake there on is the camera? Right on the, the top. Camera. It's so annoying. <laughs> I placed that cheesecake there. Yeah, you placed Strategically. it. Strategically. Uh-huh. It's a crumb of cheesecake. Um, but I have watched the show. It's been it's been really good. That's been okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my birthday boy did not want to go to bed tonight. Uh, of just, course, it's his birthday. Well, we're gonna let him slide. He's four today. Yeah. yeah. It's a big day for yeah. him. He's Batman. He's got a sword. He's, <laughs> He's got nunchucks thanks to yeah, Brian. Brian. Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> Cell's not gonna have teeth now and because a sword. of that. Like, <laughs> and it was a Chinese star too. Oh my god. There was. Where did you get that at? Freaking uh, uh, the, the Blackwood. The place of what was the, the place of Blackwood? <laughs> Asia. Asia, Asia martial arts. Asia like, world Asia, or Asia whatever. Where yeah. yeah, did you get that at? I don't know. Heather got it. Heather got it. But it had Batman on it. So I, that's that all, just... I, if it makes you feel better, Brian, I initially had a Nerf rifle. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I, then you put it down. No, maybe you change it in for some Batman, Batman figures. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This, is, this has been amazing. What a show. What a show, man. We've had it all. Uh, I, I think what we're going to do, Brian, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think what we're going to do here is we're going to take another couple-minute break. We uh, we're going to take a small break. Uh, we've got a couple uh, people in the studio here. Have to take a little break for beer, uh, for potty number one, and I think Chris said he has to take a dump. Uh, and then <laughs> when we <laughs> wait, did you weigh Humber, Pete? Humber, yet? Humber, we Humber. did weigh Pete. Do you want to hear the results? Yeah. Oh, breaking news. I missed that. Breaking news. Breaking news. What's your bet, Pete? Your guess. What? What's your bet? Where did we start? Well, we were at 255. <laughs> Good, you 255 go. last week. What's your guess? Go. 248. Oh, that was pretty close. close 249. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank he you. was working out when we were talking to him I earlier. know. We talked about that. We talked about that. He's working hard, which is great. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. We love that. Uh, listen to me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short couple-minute break. Uh, I want everybody to stay tuned. Hold on. When we come back, the most fun, epic part of the show, Ike After Hours. This is the part of the show where it's all about you. We want to hear your questions via IM, via Twitter. That's Mike underscore Iconelli. Or Brian the Carpenter, when we come back, is going to put a phone number, toll-free number at the bottom of the screen. We want to hear from you. Call in. Talk about anything. Talk about the guest tonight. Talk about other guests. Talk about anything you want. Uh, we're going to chat. Hang on a couple minutes. When we come back, Ike After Hours. See you soon. Wow.